So we are here with, well, uh, first of all, uh, I hope everyone's having a good week. Everyone having a good week? Uh, yeah. You hey, are? I had a great weekend. Dan? Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, I enjoyed myself. It was nice, sunny weather. I enjoyed it. Did you do anything yeah. fun? Not really. I cut the lot, the grass. I Don't. did that too. Yeah, it was great. I opened my pool. Did you? It did. I Thank did. you for the invite. No, no, no I did nice it all by flex. myself, so I didn't need to rely on you. Mm. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was great. What'd planted you do? some flowers, painted some furniture. What did you plant? Yeah. Impatience. They're my favorite. <laughs> and I don't kill them. So they're about the only thing that I can keep Why are alive. they called impatience? <laughs> That's a great question. Because uh, they're like, plant me now. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a good dad joke? That's a great dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy you some white New Balance sneakers. Oh, thanks, buddy. And white socks. Sure. Yeah. Up to the yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> so what? what's an impatient? Uh, it's a colorful flower. Like what color? Uh, oh, hot pink, purple, Ooh. coral, white. Really? Light I was just, pink. I was just at my buddy's house, and he, uh, he, he has, he has, uh, he's very successful, and he is sending me pictures. He's like, "Look at my irises." <laughs> like he's just planted all these beautiful purple <laughs> irises, and I'm like, "Man, this is a weird." You own a gun store, <laughs> you? You're like, man, they're beautiful. Um, so we're here with Allison Scoff, and I have known you, I believe since the beginnings of Friends Time. of Lackawanna, right? Yes. So that's where we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it see, it, you and I were on like the same ideolo- ideological path about what we felt about Friends of Lackawanna. You well, know? For those of us who aren't paying attention, what is Friends of Lackawanna? So Friends of Lackawanna is a group that is against the landfill up in Dunmore. Okay. Um, and, you know, from the start, even even since I've had my big break emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually and everything, mm-hmm. you know, I still I still agree that, like, you know, probably something like that should not be there. You know, that's just my thought on it. And I and, you know, I know that the the man that, you know, owns that is a businessman and he's you know, he's doing what he's what he's trying to do at the end of the day. You know, that's what it's about. But, you know, I think there's. Unfortunately, with things that size and with that amount of money, there's not a it, there's there's things that happen that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And you're actually bringing up a good point here. And I think all of us can connect to this on some level is like is the lopsidedness in the power struggle. Sure. So somebody that's has that much power through resources. Right. right and time and network um, against against um, communities. Right. That is seemingly more self-serving, you know, industry serving, sure. industry serving, upholding those things versus really looking out and listening to like, well, what's going on here on the ground? Where people who don't have power, air quotes, um, are, you know, saying this isn't working for us. We don't want this, right? So power struggle is the big thing we're seeing all over, not just locally here in our own community, but we can see that definitely more broadly. And I think that's the thing we're all feeling inside. Like, this like isn't working. power? People and systems in power, right? So people represent systems often. So sure. we can point and point fingers at whomever is in that position of power, but it's the system behind behind it that is problematic for us as humans, right? Because it because ultimately we we want like equanimity, we want e- equality for our fellow human, right? right? We don't want power over others, like on a core level, you know. Um, so that's kind of our our struggle, I think. All right, so let's get our way to systems of power (laughs) here we go first but first i want to give context to you so um how so grow growing up you grew up around here right did not oh okay so i'm so okay so we don't know each other (laughs) 
Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I like long walks on the beach, and, and when Dan doesn't cry, um, but I, I, have I love here. when Dan cries. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. it Lots. lets me know he's human. It it, it fulfills my soul. <laughs> yeah, so we're you, be good friends, Dan. Then Dan's Dan's I'm a crier. Dan's rock and roll. Uh, yeah. and we'll, oh, we'll talk about crying later. Mm. Um, so where so where so where did you grow up? I grew up in North Jersey, but I have roots here. So my father is from here. So all his, you know, most of his siblings are still here. I have lots of cousins, extended family here. Um, but I grew up in North Jersey where my mom was born and raised. And, and, and what years did you move here? Um, I came to the university uh, in 19. 19- Scranton? Yes. Yes. Okay. In the fall of 95. Um, studied here. And then I moved back to New Jersey in uh, 2001, right before 9-11. I moved back to oh, North what a, what Jersey. A, what a yeah. great time wow. to move that close. Good <laughs> yeah. for you. Literally, I was across the water from Lower Manhattan at work. Uh, did you watch? Did you mm-hmm. watch that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who, with, who were you working for at the time? Um, I was or working not, not specifically. Yeah, but. in a school system as an occupational therapist. So I was in a, cl- a classroom of seventh and eighth graders. That uh, must have been a, a crazy day. Crazy. So like you could see that out the window. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. What was the? What I mean. So now that, you, what was the energy like in that moment? <laughs> Still, and like just because shock, you know, it was more like, and even driving home because you know everyone was dismissed and things like that like there was nobody on the road it was just very very eerie because it's such a busy area so it was just the stillness and it was kind of very eerie like mm. and that's how it was for the you know a couple of days after um we, we've had yeah. conversations on this show before about 9-11 and and we think that there was or at least we surmised with zero evidence whatsoever that there was a weird energy shift right after that like it seemed like the world changed in, in a way that is not understood after that. And I, and I didn't realize that you had like a front row seat to that. So yeah. man, that is a profound day. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, um, d- lots of things that hit home in my hometown for people. Um, you know, my, both my brothers and my sister-in-law were in the city that day. Oh really? Mm-hmm, yeah. All worked in the city. Uh, <sighs> it was, I lived in a commuter town, like, uh, lots of you know, people who lived in, worked in New York, lived in North Jersey suburbs, you know, my cousin, yeah. uh, you know JJ, right? Mm-hmm. He was in the towers yeah. when they hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a scary thing for us. I okay, just so, can't even imagine. Yeah. So, all right, that terribleness aside. Yes. When did you come back here, or when did you come here? Yeah, moved back in December of two thousand and three. So, what brought you back? You obviously knew the area from being at the U. Mm-hmm. Was it a job? Was it a person? Was it a what? What, what jo- brought you back? Job. Okay. Um, and uh, to start a family. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got married in 2002. And um, yeah, just it was North Jersey is super expensive. So we thought it might be a mm-hmm. better area to raise a family and had support here to do that. So it's cheaper, North Jersey or Greenridge? <laughs> oh, Greenridge by far. <laughs> you think so? Oh, well, that's why we moved here from yeah. Jersey. We were yeah. like a little bit further south. But my wife and I, when we lived there, we had a second floor, one bedroom apartment in like an old apartment complex. Right. And it was like fourteen hundred dollars a month. Oh we moved here to half a Victorian house for five hundred dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. And the taxes too. Just at least well, the, our, taxes the school were. taxes. Now and we're everything. catching up. Yeah, <laughs> like now we're giving them a run for their money. Yeah. So, two thousand three. When, when did you have your first uh, child? Well, I have an older daughter who was born in nineteen ninety five. Okay. And then um, my second daughter was born in two thousand and four, okay. and then I have a son that was born in two thousand and six. So. Were they profound moments for you having children? I have, I don't have one. So I'm always trying to get like the perspective of like, what is that? Cause people say to me, like, once you, once you see your child's face, like your whole world changes. It's true. And so that's like a generalized 
I would say that's a generalized statement. Sure. It's such an individual thing, right? And right. so for me, I had my first daughter very young. And so there was a lot of layers to to that, you know, like, oh, I thought my life was going to go in one way and it's going in this way. So that can actually bring us to a deeper part of the conversation. <laughs> it's like we really, as much as we like to think we have control over our lives, we don't, you know, right. like things happen. And, um, and so that, you know, but I look at, each moment, each of those moments and how it led me to a different part of my life. Like without my oldest daughter, I never would have met um, my husband who then brought me my two, you know, my two younger children and they're just amazing gifts. And, you know, for me, the fun thing about parenting, parenting now, like as I've gotten older is um, parenting in a different way and actually just observing them become who they're meant to become rather Mm -hmm. than trying to make them or mold them. Yeah. Not mold them. Like just actually support them in like their fullest expression. And to me, that's been really like fun and has made parenting like just easy. I quote unquote easy. I mean, obviously we're all faced with challenges, but when there's no power struggle there, even those small dynamics, when there's no power struggle, I'm not trying to, trying to make them something they're not. There's such a freedom there in the relationship, you know? Is that like more of like a Hakuna Matata thing? Like <laughs> what is will be, or what, what was that song? What is will be? Hakuna Matata means no worries, no worries. but there was another no worries. one. Yeah, I don't there was know. another one like, Okay, sarah, sarah. Like oh, whatever will okay, be. Sarah, I was trying to think of another song from The Lion King. I'm like, I don't think that. I one's think in I got there. it wrong. I think I think my thought was the wrong continent. I <laughs> uh, wasn't even close. That was Africa. You're, yeah, you're I'm thinking, assuming the you're Lion King was Sinatra, Africa. I think. So, um, I let's just get into it. I right. I. Oh boy, are we what are we getting into? And you'll see, baby. All right, I'm gonna buckle up. I'm along for the ride. <laughs> so <laughs> you might learn a couple oh, things. Too. <laughs> my whole my whole life, right. And this is, and I'm having a really bad like emotion day. Mm. So my whole life was trying to make sense of of whatever the hell I could make sense of. But I, I always struggled uh, very hard with other people's pain. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and it and it really wore on me terribly. Um, you know, so w- w- when I saw somebody that I cared about or, or when I experienced even somebody like that was a Wayfair friend, yeah, wayward friend, Way- Wayfair, I don't know. Fairweather? Fairweather. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Together we can write a, a, a paper for college. Um, and, and, and it always just, I always had this ability to put myself in like that situation. So like yeah. when, when you saw terrible things on the news or you heard about terrible things, like in my mind, I would put myself in that position and I would, I, I could feel it in my soul that I would feel that. Like, mm-hmm. so if I, if nine eleven was really big for me because I, because I put myself in the position of people like on the 99th floor. Yeah. You know, just like that helplessness and, and, you know, calling their loved ones and like, what would I do in that situation? And I just, that was one of those things. I did it a little bit before then, but moving on, I think that's why I got involved in like nonprofits and stuff like that. Cause I just can't say no to people in need. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. So in 20, at the beginning of 2020, Mm -hmm. um, I had, I was doing a, uh, a video, for a nonprofit organization and the two people I interviewed, it was so traumatic for me to hear it that it really broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And then within 15 minutes of that happening, I'm driving home and I see a guy, I knew this guy was going to get hit by a car. Yeah. And I saw it out of the corner of my eye and I knew it was going to happen insofar as I already had 911 dialed on my phone, on my phone in my car. Yeah. Hits, make the call. And then one of the things that happened to me was that after he got hit, 
by an Uber driver. I pulled over to the side of the road and I, and usually I'm really good in crisis situations. I couldn't get close to the guy. Yeah. I couldn't get close to see if he was okay. And then I went home. Well, well then I picked up the raviolis for my wife and then I went home and she kind of, and my wife and I get along very well. I love her to the ends of the earth and back to the moon and beyond. And she kind of, as a kind of as a joke was like, man, it took you long enough. And then everything that was bothering me about her, which was stupid shit, I went at her on it. And I didn't like raise my voice, scream at her. It was like, oh, I'm late. Well, what about this, 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 and this? And it was, and it was honestly cruel. Yeah. And she started to cry. And not like weep. It was like the puss in boots, like, don't talk to me. And she walked away and I was like, oh my God, I just ruined my marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm six months in. <laughs> and I've already ruined it. So I started looking at um, non-pharmaceutical forms of treatment and I came across spirituality, meditation, and psychedelics. Um, And that kind of started my journey on to wherever the hell I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, Was yours similar? (laughs) (laughs) No. But yes, and because I, like, because you're you you've turned what you're what, what whatever yeah. you went through into something positive and helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so wow. First of all, I just want to acknowledge like the all of that in like such a short period is a lot for I tried somebody. I to paraphrase, but it, I could go deeper. No, I know, and we can, and that's the thing. <laughs> and he it's was like, there I'm the whole time. Him and these two guys were there for me going through this. That's a whole another like, like mini series that we're going to do. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, now we can go into like the soulmate conversation with these guys. Yeah, but we can talk we about whatever, whatever you want to talk yeah. about. But but um, it's a lot. And, you know, you it, the first thing that jumped out at me is I wanted to say it's like the questions you were asking, like, you know, I've always been very sensitive and, and empathetic is really what 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 your experience is empathy for a fellow human is like, why does suffering exist is like the existential question. Like, why is there suffering? Why do we suffer? Why do some suffer and some don't? I mean, we're all suffering on some level to varying degrees. There's a continuum. And so you got confronted with that question in a very big way in a short period of time where you just could no longer look away. Right. Especially with the woman you love, who's now coming back. You like, wow, you just literally. Well, she's the only thing that matters. So like if I, if I yelled at him, I love you to death, but I'm sure I was going to say, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we would make our way yeah, through we'll it. Figure it out. Yeah. Well, Cause we're guys. Yeah. It, and that's another thing is there's a diff, there's the relationships, all relationships bring us different elements of our own healing and our own journeying. Right. And so what Micah brings to you is different than what your wife brings to you. Absolutely. And you toxic masculinity. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we can go there too, yeah. but like, no, I mean, we Eat all your steak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been on a meat only diet for like two weeks. Oh yeah. It's going, going great. I've yeah. lost like 10 pounds. Seriously? Yeah. You're on like no yeah. carbs? Okay. Yeah. No, no. Meat only. Oh, literally meat like, only. Literally. No vegetables. No, no. no. And then no. he does and then he does a bare knuckle street fight <laughs> at like 10 o'clock every night just to make sure that I he took feels a break like over this. Memorial <laughs> Day weekend. Diet. But uh, yeah, I'm right back on it. Amazing. Okay, continue. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, we're not like ferrets. We just yeah, that's what we do. It's all good. We'll take it where it goes, right? Um, and so like the, the fact that you turned towards something um presumably healthy, like spirituality, self-discovery, psychedelics, non-pharmaceuticals, um, is, is beautiful because uh, many people will enter back into like the cycle of suffering and they'll go back to their own addictions or the things that they, they try to alleviate that inner, like, um, 
turmoil with, right? right. We go back to staying busy or like over whatever. And um, so for me, it was similar in the sense of like, you know, my life was going along the way it was going along. I've always been sensitive. Um, I've been very deeply touched by collective events and things like that. People in my life um, who have experienced suffering. I was, but I recognized that I had a lot of privilege because I didn't have a lot of personal suffering in my life. So while I can connect to somebody else's, I personally wasn't impacted. I had a good childhood. You know, I was well taken care of. Like I had a lot of things available to me. I had good health. Um, I was able to go to schools and things like that. So uh, my life was going along as like I, I thought it would, you know, how what I thought it meant to be successful and have a good, happy life, right? You know, successful career, pursue the things that you love, take care of your family. And so um, I kept doing that. And then, um, you know, in 2000, for me, it really started in 2017. I started to feel like an inner, like, hmm, something's not right here. But I kept doing the outward things that I thought were like. But what did that, what did that feel like? It's, it's like, hard to name and then put into words because it was like, my life is good. Like I have, I had a good, I had a su- successful like, career. There's emptiness there. There was like it's, a hole like, somewhere. I felt like, an, like when I talked about this the other day on, on a post that I put, like an almost life, like I'm almost there. Yeah. Like, you know, I have, there's people in my life, they're wonderful. The community is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like my kids, my husband, everything is good. My business was good. Like what is wrong with me? Like, why don't I feel <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like this is supposed to be what it's supposed to be. Yes, yeah. this, this is supposed to be what it's supposed to be. And so I started to then try to fix that feeling, right? Mm. Like, okay, I'll just do more courses. Or I'll read more books or I'll hire this coach or I'll keep pursuing, pursuing this outward like fix for this feeling that I like didn't want to address. So, mm. um, and then in the end of that year, there were just some events that came into my life that really shook it up and blew it up. And I, and like, and so on one hand, I had this like big eruption of like the path that I thought I was on and then this new path that it was emerging. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this new path. But I have this other thing that's everything's crumbling and collapsing on the one side. But on the other side, all this potential exists. And so I was like in this extreme tension of these two things that seemed completely opposite. Yeah, it's like you're in like a one of those medieval machines that's like trying to rip you apart. Literally, yeah. literally. And so all I could do at that time was face on focus on like, oh, where I'm headed, where I'm headed. Because like, you know, once I get that, once that's completed, you know, then, I, you know, this other stuff will just resolve on its own. Right. Um, but, you know, our whole outward world is a reflection of our inner world. And you can't move, fully move on to the next thing until you've completed or, you know, you know, completed the, the past. Right. Right. And um, so I was pursuing this thing, building a business, and th- then that fell apart in 2020. So I actually started to back away from that in um, the end. And it was at the end of 2019, informally in January of 2020, right, right before COVID hit. Mm. And I was like, what am I going to do? I put my heart and soul into this project. I really thought it was like the thing. So they're you know, talking about like what I was attached to, where we thought, where I thought I had control over, like I'm pursuing my dreams. Like I got this. Right. Um, nothing bad can happen. And then when there was like a disconnect and I had, you know, and I stepped away from it, um, I was devastated. I was really devastated. And that was the thing because everything stopped like in my life, but then also globally because <laughs> COVID came. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I, there was nowhere to turn. And so I had pursued spiritual things before, but it was more new age spirituality. So you think <clears> about some of those big writers like Gabby Bernstein and they, you know, Course in Miracles and, and that sort of, this part of the journey was like down and in. It was like, 
I had I was forced to go in and look and at all the ways in which I was like blocking myself and oh if I need to get closer uh, I'll just do it you <laughs> okay. keep talking and I'll make sure that Thanks. everything works yeah um you know the the ways in which I was blocking myself and not fully seeing the whole picture um you know and like moving to a place of acceptance around like control and like what I think life is going to look like because I do think like if life wants you somewhere, it's going to move you. And you can either, there's an expression out there that that's about like, you know, the, the universe will come knocking um, and like lightly at first. And you can, you know, oh, okay, notice that's an area that I need to address in my life. And it'll just keep getting louder and louder and louder until you respond, right? When, or it comes and knocks you upside the head, which, which in my case it did. And then like everything. And I was like, I mean, probably a good two years was like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'll never stop being in that inquiry, but like it was, it was rough. I mean, I, <laughs> so when you, I was so, like, I don't know who I am anymore. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? Yeah. So that, I mean, that's like a, that's like a, a crisis of like personality. Like that's a big, big time identity, personality, existentialism. Like it was all of it at once on one big plate. <laughs> so it, so when you say devastated, yeah. Um, for people who don't know, like what, what is devastation? outwardly look like um so for me it looked like well isolation like you weren't gonna i was not mm. out out and about like you were not gonna see me pretty much i i still had to process a lot on my own because prior to that like i think and i related to myself and i think most people would relate to me as a positive person and you know optimistic and all those things and I, all of those things came up for evaluation like well do i believe that is like you know if this is happening in my life how can i hold that to be true and you know is personal development really a path that people should be going on if they're going to end up here and devastated and destroyed? But, you know, so I just had to reevaluate all of these like beliefs that I helped was holding on to, which tended to be more of like the toxic positivity. Um, What's toxic positivity? Oh, have you heard of this? No. So it, yeah, it's oh, like, Dan just, Dan just like, yeah, I got this. I live yeah. in it. I <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my god! <laughs> you have to have humor. Out. Oh, absolutely! Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, who's joking? Like, <laughs> two for two. <laughs> what is toxic positivity? Yeah, so toxic positivity is basically bypassing anything uncomfortable, um, like any of the shadowy or um, less desirable aspects of life uh, by, you know, saying it's fine. It'll be okay. It is what it is can be very toxic depending on the person's situation and who you're speaking with all love and light. So all that love and light campaign that we see all, all over, well, at least it's all over my social media. A lot of that can um, deny an individual's reality. So you, and it, it, what I often did was used positivity as a way to fix, right, to fix a situation, right? Like, oh, just work harder or it'll, you know, get better. So you can, you know, somebody can really gaslight themselves or another with, you know, those things rather than meeting somebody where they are. You can move through that. You can move through difficult things like um, and process and have a process. But if you're just like putting stuff on top of it, you're you're not really evolving you know so yeah it's like all the neglected things you're just you're just finding new things and you're you're neglecting the neglecting things even more now yeah it's just burying and burying and burying and like and that's the part of the problem of like you know our our journey as humans it's like we're born always believe this we're born clean slates like as babies like we are born not programmed we oh, so, I, so i have this conversation with somebody where he thinks that it's possible for people to be born evil 
Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I can't. And I don't. Speak and I to... have a theory on that. And okay. I don't. Well, I and I think that it's a lot has to do with how, you know, I think like I, I think everyone's a clean slate. Well, yeah, and so I think like on a a deep, I mean, spiritual level. I don't know how deep we want to go. Like as I, deep I, as you want to yeah, go. I do think that um, we all are inherently good, right? And so what happens. And I can't speak, um, you know, about, and none of us really know about, Correct. right? Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> like, true. all I know is I know nothing, but, yeah. um, is like we, we come in to have certain experiences. So like people play different roles on, on earth during different time periods. So is it possible that they were programmed to come in and act as that character through the, the, the experiences they had in life? Right. So, and then there's, of course, the conversation of like mental illness and imbalances and that way there, there's just so many variables, but, I inherently believe on like a soul level, like on a big, like a wider, broader scale that, you know, we, we are, we are good. And then we, we come in and we receive um, experiences and programs and conditioning based on our environment, the people we interact. And it could be a single experience that imprints on us that forever, forever. And, and then our, the opportunity is like through suffering, right? For ours or another's is to go in and look at that and then like deconstruct it and, and evaluate like, Oh, is this serving me or not serving me? Cause not all programs are bad, but if you're unaware it's operating, it's just running in the background, just running in the background um, without your conscious awareness of it. So there's been like, there needs to be a balance of like seeking higher consciousness, which, you know, you I think, some of the psychedelic stuff um, can touch on, right? People can seek higher consciousness and more truths and it can help alleviate a lot of things. There's a lot of research on that. But there also is this element of like, oh, well, I need to go in and go down and in. So up and out and down and in both need to happen. It's a balance. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, And then the integration of the two, like living in that middle place of those two. Is all this Greek to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. know. So I, this like, I don't want to be too jargony. Right. No, 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 no. I was like, so oh, this I'm is, getting jargony. This is, this is payback for last week's finance episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you don't know how money works doesn't mean I don't. I need you to I need people to run my business. Same. So 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 I in so what 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 before I took a massive dose of psychedelics on February twenty second, two thousand. Which I want to go on record as have been I was completely against. Yeah. And here we are two years later, and it was probably the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm. It was terrible. It was horrible. Yeah. It was, in theory, a terrible idea. Well, you were in a very sensitive... This is right after those yeah. events that you had. But yes. see, but, see, but those, those events that I described earlier was... The best way to describe it is the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Sure. There was a lot of stuff prior to that. And I was just, and I was just like doing my best to just get up the next day, put my next, put my pants on, yeah, move forward. After that, those events that I described, instead of like, hey, put your pants on. Now it was like, that bridge looks tall enough not to survive if I jump. Right. You know, like yeah. it started, it, and and those are, I think people have those thoughts every now and again as like a flight of fancy, where yeah. it's like, well, what if I just killed myself and ate worms and like who cares? And they just say, well, that's, that's stupid. And I think it's like a fantasy that people like to ruminate in for a moment. Yeah. Well, there is something in, in all of us, like, um, well, there's something called the death wish, which, you know, can grow depending on our circumstances and where we are. Um, but there's also like this part of us as humans confronting our fear of death. Right. And so we have this weird relationship with death, like, because of our, our ego of psyche's construct. And yeah. so, um, you know, when you, when you need like 
touch that line, like you, you, you learn where your boundaries are and what your relationship is to those things. I mean, you can go, it can go really deep and it, you know, it, it's an individual thing, right? And we, we don't know what an individual's journey is going to be, but um, yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's, I have a lot of compassion for that, you know, that contemplation, right? Yeah. For people. And there's, there's no shame in like admitting like, Hey, like that bridge looked tall, right? There's, you know, cause we've all well, had, had our, there is a stigma to, you know, <laughs> who are you going to talk to? Cause if you say, Hey man, like I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do anything like yeah. that, but like, as soon as you open that box, you can't well, close it. Well, I don't think, and, I, well, I, I think it's hard it, to close it on your, by yourself. Well, that's what I'm saying though. But as soon as you go to somebody else and be like, uh, I'm contemplating oh, that's true. this. That's true. It's like, you can't put that monkey back in the cage. You can't, but also people, because they have, they're afraid of their own mortality. Yeah. Bringing that to somebody who's afraid of their mortality is confronting to them. So like now you're bringing up their fear because you're yeah. you actually outwardly expressed it. It's like going like, hey, I have this anthrax that I just inhaled. Uh, can you can you smell this well, if that anthrax works too? It's like you've now put them in the position that they didn't want to be in, which is they they are they're starting to question that. Well, look at happened with COVID, right? So there's a, all that shame and stigma around getting COVID in the beginning, right? And like, oh, stay away from me. And like you know, all that came up, as, you know, I think collectively for people, it was like a lot of shame. People like, mm-hmm. oh, I got in the beginning, at least, you know, because we didn't know there was so much unknown. And that's you're like what a it, leper. Yeah, yeah. right then that's what happens with uncertainty in the human mind. They, they, there's like the mind will like fear will come up. And so the mind will be like, Oh, what do I do with this? And it will do what it knows how to do. It's different in each individual. So did, did you start to, cause okay. So this is how crazy I am. Like, you know, I have my rocks. Yeah. Right. You have to stop saying you're crazy. Like you're Marky. That's true. That's true. But, but, but the problem is, is like, I have a hard time. I will keep saying you're crazy. Okay. You (laughs) can't. But it's, but it's, it's, so when I took that massive dose of psychedelics Mm -hmm. and all I remember, well, I remember a lot of it. And what I, the most, most of what I remember is indescribable. Yeah. You can't relay. And, but then when you meet someone who's done it too, it's almost like there's like this yeah. shorthand where you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. 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 So, so th- I love, um, I love this part of the conversation because now you're, you, you've dipped into the spiritual, right? You've had a spiritual experience. You've had a peak experience. I was never spiritual or religious prior yeah, to this. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I, so I've had experiences too where I, like, and, and not, not psychedelic, but just where I was like, oh, right. I had these like enlightened moments. I'm not, sure. I'm not saying I'm enlightened, but just these moments, right? Um, really just profound experiences. And the first thing you want to do is tell everybody about it. <laughs> like, And that's what I did. Right. And you want to tell everybody about it. And there literally aren't words for it because it the experience was for you. Right. So it, and it was an experience. It's like telling someone about skydiving. I, I guess. I mean, I've never done skydiving, but I imagine it's like there's not enough money in the world to get me to jump out of a plane. <laughs> right. But people everybody. who have had that experience, like it's something that um, you try to communicate in words, but when, and this is the thing about language and words, it's like, we, we can't, there's, there's always an approximation to an experience. Words are never the actual thing, right? So it's the energy behind what you're saying is what's actually communicated to somebody. So if, if you're going to, if you express something from that place of having that experience or so whatever it was for you, the, the profound nature of it, the, you know, the joy, the, whatever it was, I don't want to put words to it, but um you being in that that energy of that right. of the experience is what's going to be communicated right so like you you could say whatever so there's i don't know if you have pets but like i have I, an amazing dog so i use this example like your dog doesn't know what you're saying it knows the tone of your voice right. right so like you could say i love you in two different tones right 
like you could be screaming I love you at yeah. the dog or you could be like I love you It'd be like you know you're so stupid or you know something like that and they're and gonna their think, tail's gonna wag their tail's gonna wag right. right so it's the energy behind what you're saying that is the most profound thing that that's how we reach one another right like what what's evoked in in me when you when you share your experience right and that's how you connect with another person right it's like really being present with their experience of something like I can really see that moved you like I don't know what that's like but wow like that sounds really fascinating you know see I see so so now what what is what has transpired is I see things other people don't (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) And and, uh, it, and I'm just going to assert that that was always there. It was just covered up. Well, I, now it's like, what do you mean when you say you see things that other people don't like? Like, are, is there somebody else in this room that I don't see? No, it's not like that. It's it's like you start you start to like feel like there's there's like a feeling where you you're sense, like almost like. A so, yeah, it's like, so, there, so there's a sense. But then when when you're what, like when my sense picks it up, mm-hmm. then I can identify what it is. Is it visual for you or is it somatic? N- it's somatic. Mm-hmm. It's not I, like I don't look over and I'm like, oh, there's George Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like that's not what it is. So and w- when I had my experience, that that big ex- it was opening, blind, it was it a was, big opening. It was blindfolded mm-hmm. with a gravity blanket listening to a broken Spotify. <laughs> and the best way it took me a couple of days to describe it, but I finally figured it out. I, I said it felt like a 600,000 mile skydive without a parachute while going through six years of intense psychotherapy in five hours. Yeah. And. And it's hard to convey that to people. But what what on the other side of that? I don't know, man, I think I think I've become more at least more understanding, more compassionate mm-hmm. um, and empathetic only to those who are who I who I, who it can be valuable to. Yeah. Um, a lot of the fear went away mm-hmm. of but then it then it then it then it turned into like, I want to know more. So it became it became this new thing where I was like, I want to know how deep this rabbit hole goes because it was something I never understood and and I need and you can't explain it to people. No, yeah. Um, when when you were like in 2017, when you what what was your experience like um, moving through that over the last few years? Mm. So I would say like. For me, I was on still on an upward trajectory from 2017 till like maybe mid to late 2019. But when the down and in inner work, the real soul work came in, um, I so prior to that, I was like, I need all the knowledge. I need to know all the things because I had had those peak experiences. And I was like, this feels really good for me. I want to go to the Vatican vault. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was more like this, this feeling of like, um, elation, right? Of like, um, this just like everything really is going to be okay. Really, everything is okay. It's going to be okay. Like, ultimately, even though like things may look a mess on the ground, like it's going to be okay. Just keep going, keep going. And then when, um, that, that energy shifted for me and it was time for me to go out down and in, right? Um, one, there's an author that I, that I love and her quote is like, um, further in is farther up. And I, and that's very true is like you, you'll get to the ceiling point in your own consciousness when, before you have to like then go back in and like do some more like discovery work, more archaeology work, archaeological work. Archaeology. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think we just coined a new term there. You're welcome. Dan, remember that. (laughs) Write it down. TM. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, that, that, that real inner work. Um, and, but there, there's so much like, 
So there's like this element of like the the universe and, and, and consciousness and cosmos and cosmology and all of these things. And then there's the individual, right? And like, how do we fit into that whole play, right? And, um, you know, so prior to the, to, so the 2017 part, I was more in the discovery phase of like, what, you know, looking and like discovering universal truths and all of that. And then when I had to like come back to myself, like I had to take all that knowledge and be like, well, where does this fit and where does it not fit? Right. And, um, in that period, so in like the late 2019, early 2020 forward, it was like, I can't learn any new things. It was like more like, about the integration. So like when you had your peak experience, I had a terrible integration process. Yeah. It, it, so you it's, don't know what any of this means to you. So integration is basically like when you like learn, you know, something cognitively, right. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily like, so if you learn, I know we know each other from the gym, right? Mm-hmm. So when you learn a new move, like the, a difficult move, like the snatch, right. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I know mechanically. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the power. Yeah, I what know. Moves that? <laughs> I probably should have picked a Just different one. Ground over Use a different one. Yeah. The yeah. From the ground all the we way can, up. We can edit was that, that the out. universe or was that Freud that brought that one in there? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the snatch. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. So a deadlift will go. We okay. Can I can, I can understand that yeah Yeah. so and there's like mechanics involved so you might know in your head like oh it's you set up this way and this is how you do it but like you may stink at it for a while until eventually like your body has like okay if this has how it feels Mm -hmm. to move in this way right so it's no different when you have it so basically like theory and practice like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, so okay so there's a big difference between like conceptually understanding a spiritual concept and and being it When, when you say spiritual concept what do you mean it depends. I don't. I mean, um, I'm going to start interacting because I've been good. listening, yeah. and I'm good. like, I got to wrap my head around this. This is good. No, we, we didn't give him a, th- uh, a glossary. I know. Well, yeah. let's think. I didn't really know exactly what we were going to get into, so I'm listening because this is so not a part of my life. Yeah. Like I'm just not at all. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in him over the past two years, and it's worked really well for him. Yeah. And he and I have that conversation once or twice a month, and like, and just, what did I say to you last time? Like, I don't. I don't want to open that Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. I said that to one of my coaches once. I was like, yeah. I don't want to go there. Yeah. And at one point. And then, but life brought me there. Like I literally, and and listen, if it's- A lot it, of people are afraid to do it. Yeah. And like, if it's meant for you, it'll find you. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, you, and this is for anybody listening, take what resonates and ditch, ditch the rest. And that's true for anything in life. If it's not for you in this moment, it's not for you like in this moment. And that's totally cool. But um. I think what was your I was let's come back to your question because I want to get to uh, some when, clarity. When you, like when you say spirituality. So like yeah. a couple there's been a couple times as I've been listening, I'm like, okay, I just need to let all this kind of get out on the table and then we'll start getting into it. Yeah. Like when I think spirituality, I in my mind it's like a belief or a like faith or, you know, not religion, but it's like it's kind of like a uh, like a set of beliefs, essentially. Yeah. Is that how you're using that? Yeah. Can I, I mean, step in for one quick yes, second? Sure. In my experience, it's less of a belief system uh-huh. and more of a feeling. Like there's something I I went to I went to uh church mo a, a good portion of like my life. I never had a feeling that there was a connection. I never had a Same. feeling that there was a oneness. And it wasn't until and to add confusion to this. I went to church my entire life too. And by going down these dark rabbit holes brought me closer to the foundation that I had as a child through the Catholic church and feeling that connection to a bigger presence, something that's bigger than me. That's, that's Which, the, and, and, but okay. So that was the thing that in, in essence, <laughs> this is what I was trying to describe to you the other day. Yeah. It's like, you're a, uh, you're a religious person to a degree. Me? Yeah. Like you grew up. Baptist. I'm a person of faith. Faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
what I was saying to him was, um, I wasn't. And then we were listening to uh, Neil Brennan on, on the Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan thing. Yeah. yeah. And his his comment was, I was an atheist before I took ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, and when I got out of my my journey. <laughs> Growing up as a Baptist kid in Tennessee, it's like, so drugs are good. And they help you find <laughs> this is well, this is the thing. And it's been and, and this and this is things like this have been oppressed for thousands of years. Things right. that have been actually helping people to make them happier or understanding. I remember after that five hours, I walked outside and there was a campfire. I was in a home and I walked outside and there was a campfire and I looked up in the sky and it was the it was the clearest. I haven't seen anything clear like that since I was in New Mexico in the middle of nowhere with no light pollution, anything. And for some reason in old forge, Pennsylvania, <laughs> it was the clearest night I ever, I've ever seen. And I remember repeating over and over again. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Any question. And I want you to know this is not me being rude. Like we've talked about this enough. You know where I'm at with everything. Yeah. Could it possibly be, and hear me out on this one, you just did drugs. <laughs> Why I you? might have been thinking the same thing. Because <laughs> like to some, so for somebody like me who's never done it and never had that experience and like I'm a big believer in I'm not going to discount somebody else's experience because I've never had it. I haven't done a hero dose either, just to be clear. But I've so had a, peak ex- a, a hero, hero dose. dose. What's is that? Is it, uh, that's uh, what you referred to th- it as. Three right? to five. Yeah. Three to five. To it's five. called a hero dose. Yeah, that's where you go see God. So, but could it just be that? Okay, and I'm not saying I, I, that that I'll takes explain, away I'll explain from. It, I'll explain it to you in this way: uh, it is a drug, the same way Miralax helps you poop. <laughs> okay, do you know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> to, to me, it 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 breaks it breaks the veil of of what the limited idea of what you have in your mind. It can't. And and what I what I went through, I don't okay. believe that can, it can be taught. I don't believe it can be explained adequately. Let me ask it this way. And I'm not and and I'm by no means like this profound psychonaut. Like I'm just yeah. I just have my little experiences with it and it. Yeah. Okay, let and me that, ask it this way. Um cuz I want you guys to understand what I'm actually asking. So I'm not trying to ask a rude question. If you're somebody like maybe you're a guy who's not very good at talking to girls. Yeah. You take a couple shots of whiskey, all of a sudden you go ask a girl for a number and it worked and all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, maybe I am good with girls." And it changed something in your psyche. Because of that, that substance allowed you to change something within your psyche. I would just, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't speak about the guys and the whiskey and asking girls out thing. But what I can say is like that. It's called liquid courage. <laughs> liquid courage. Yeah. To me, that feels like um, it would be more a temporary thing. It doesn't necessarily yeah. change but, the wiring. Okay, in a temporary but, moment, you unlock let, something. Let me explain it this way. If the difference between that and, in my opinion, psychedelics is, yes, it will give you the confidence to to speak and and to to someone like that, um, but what it'll also do is continue to allow you to be a good understanding person. I think that's kind of what I'm. Yeah, and I was gonna. Say, it all comes down to the integration. So like someone mm-hmm. can take True. any any drug, a psychedelic drug, an illicit drug, alcohol, whatever, caffeine, whatever, and ingest it in their body, have their brain chemistry altered, and do nothing with it after. 
So mm. you just, I think we started this conversation earlier. You said Mark is a different person than he was yeah. two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I didn't somebody sober who drinks, up. <laughs> right? So somebody yeah. who, so somebody who drinks whiskey will go back, inevitably go back to those old patterns that they've had in, right. like, when confronted in some way or the next day. And he may have like regret for asking her out or whatever. But from what I understand from the research and people who have had these profound experiences, they are, they are changed when they, when they then do the work of integration and like they see the world differently. I think it might be easier. That makes a lot of sense. I, mean, I think it might be easier to understand. Were you going to say something, Dan? I was actually going to say, uh, if you could explain integration. Well, yeah, I, I think I was, that's I was, I was, I was at what, what I was. No, no, but that makes sense to me though, because like you're having a profound experience based on any kind of substance you put in your body. Mm -hmm. And you might have a theoretical realization or a theoretical thing, but until you take that, experience and apply it to the meat and bones of everyday life nothing changes That's but right. when you do it's almost like it's like a tool that helps you unlock the ability to take these steps in life and it's going to work with the individual exactly where the individual needs it from yeah. again from just people that i um know who are professionals in in the industry and um it will meet the person right where the, and it might not be the experience you expect to have or want to have but it's going to be the experience you need yeah like jordan peterson says this it doesn't give you what you want it gives you what you need yeah, yeah. now you just said like professionals in the industry are there people mm -hmm. that do this professionally yeah so um oh, there, lots definitely and a lot of licensed um counselors are now offering psychedelic the guided psychedelic therapy um how there, do they do that? Because it's an it's illegal. There are certain states where it's allowed under licensed really? professionals where you could have guided experiences. Okay. Um, yeah, there's and there's also like MDMA therapy, which is that's that's not a plant they do, medicine. They that, do that, uh, they do ketamine in New Jersey, right? And there's an online company that offers at home ketamine. It's low dose, but you're guided, so that's something that's available to people. So the the research and there's a lot of funding going into like university research. So mm -hmm. what's happening here is the gap between science and spirituality is narrowing. So mm -hmm. in this area, right? So there's a lot of other areas where we can prove like spirituality through science or point to, we can never really prove spirituality. We can kind of say, look over there, like here, mm -hmm. there's, there's the moon, right? Um, but, you know, the quantum physics is an area where science and spirituality can, you know, really like be in harmony with one another. Mm -hmm. And like that, that topic fascinates me as well. But I think we're going to more and more and we're just getting faster and faster with the research because more and more people are getting on board and seeing the effects of it and, and, and how profound it's changing people's lives. And, yeah, and I'll give you, and I'll give you a quick, for instance, there's a, you ever hear of uh, DMT? Yeah. All right. Dimethyl Is that licking frogs? <laughs> so uh, this is really crazy. Cambo. So di di yeah. di dimethyltryptamine is found in, almost every living thing on this planet including humans including human yes. beings and plants yes. yeah um, is that the thing they refer to as like the god particle no no like it's please. like no brain so floods i mean, with DMT I mean right when well, you die yeah there is a dmt release supposedly when okay. you die and when you do breath work like it, holotropic yes. breath work which yes. i've done it, it like spikes DMT in your body. And that's like, obviously like a, just breathing. Like a, you can actually tell a difference. Uh, oh, you, yeah. you basically have like a peak well, for me personally. I don't want to speak to everyone, but when I've, I've done holotropic breath work with a practitioner um, and it ha I had a peak experience, which what, what was, is holotropic. Um, it's a type of breathing where basically you become hypoxic, right? So you, 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 you just roll with it. Roll yeah. With so it, it's yeah. like you basically hyperventilate, right? So, okay. and, but you're guided someone's there with you and um, it's a, a a journey and then your body um you know d does what it does right it, it releases chemicals it access parts accesses parts of the brain that we normally don't have access to um and 
yeah, for me, that's that's what it was. It was just like a, a peak experience. Do you see this, you see yeah. this tattoo? Uh, yeah. Okay, so if you do a cross-section of the human brain, that yeah. is the pineal gland. Yeah. Oh, the third eye. That's the third <laughs> eye. So there's Also the eye of Horus. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also the tattoo on a porn star that I was working on a TV show with. And I was <laughs> of like- course. Now you have matching like, tattoos. I'm like, oh, we have matching <laughs> tattoos. Um, but so, so the thought is, is that uh, many, many generations ago, uh, up until very recently is that people were able to access their pineal gland. And then through, I guess, like the last 150 years, the calcification started. The calcification of your pineal gland has happened because of the what, f- what do you mean by that? So it becomes hard. Okay. So, and it's through like, Where, in, is the pineal gland a physical thing? The yeah, very center of your brain. Literally in the middle of your oh, brain. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, like diet, um, technology, lack of sunlight, lack of fresh air and water like all calcify your pineal gland um but when you're born is it pure pure yeah and yeah. It just it just it just naturally happens yeah that's because why, of the that's way why, we live now yes so yeah so if you know that right and yeah. they think they think that the pineal gland is like the door to you know out there yeah uh to to, to deeper understanding i st- so after my experience and learning about the pineal like i started to watch children because I'm like, you know, the innocence of children. I yeah. started to watch and they, there is something there that they experience that is way different than what we as adults experience as far as reality. Yeah. It's really beautiful because um, we can connect to ourselves through children. So obviously we've aged but, and we are now adults, but that part of us is still very much alive. Right. And we can connect into that through watching ch- and interacting with children. Um and it's they explore the world with such wonder and curiosity and that that innocence that you mentioned and that purity, like all of that is like that is divinity or spirituality in at, at work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so us being able that's why, you know, kids for the most part move us. Right. Or even the, the elderly who've kind of gone through their life cycle and they're like facing, you know, the end of life. They there's just this innocence um, that touches us on a level that we often forget. That is part of, you know, who we are. And that's the thing that I love about humans is like, we're, you know, we're, there's a part of us that is still innocent and it might be covered up and like caged up because of our experiences and we've been hurt and like we don't trust or whatever, but like there it's in there. Right. And so that's, you know, when I'm working with people or just even engaging with people in my life, I'm like, I hold that that part of you is still innocent. You know, can you can you tell me about the value of uh, meditation as opposed to never meditating? Yeah. Well, oh my gosh. I tried it. Yeah. For well, a hot minute. So meditation doesn't work for everyone there, but there it didn't are, work for me. It just depends on, there are different styles and schools of thought, if you will, yeah. of meditation. Um, so being still doesn't work for everyone, especially if you've never done it before. So, yeah. um, because of our world is so busy, right? And we are constantly inundated with, stimuli Mm -hmm. sitting still does not feel safe for us right our nervous system wants to keep going because it's just always been going so we have to like approach meditation by meeting our nervous system where it's at so for some like walking can be a meditation while you're still moving your body but you're not on your phone you're not talking to anybody you don't have anything in your ears you're literally just like in your environment moving slow just slowing down your life is a form of meditation now, of course, there's the more intense ones that are like silent meditations and you're just not moving. But there are other forms that are more alive. So like yoga, um, I love yoga. Uh, it can be a form of meditation when you're on your mat and you're just present with your body, meeting it where it is. So if you need a child's pose in that moment, your body's saying rest, you like go into rest, like being present with your body 
and what it needs in that moment to me is meditation. It's getting out of your head and into like more of like what's going on here, you know, right. pointing to my body, but because um, <laughs> for people who are listening and not watching, but um, so like really coming home to yourself and be like, mm. wow, I'm really overstimulated. I can't sit still like and the, sim the simplest form of meditation besides walking or something like that is like literally just focusing on your inhale and exhale for a couple rounds like that is just like in out. and what is the result um you you de-escalate your nervous system right and so that's what meditation is is getting into like a, a calm state like a state where your nervous system is not either suppressed or overstimulated it's just like this aware state right so you can receive what comes in and not react to it to it i mean obviously if there's a light for anything your nervous system is going to respond sure. but, but you can just be really present about like what's so here like what's so here and like you know the world is going to pull on us it's so noisy out there so yes. so noisy we need a break from all that like our minds need to be turned off like we were not built for that right and that's why we're seeing a rise in all the things we're seeing a rise in yes. you know like violence but also like anxiety depression health issues chronic health issues like all of that is a result of us like being so disconnected from our bodies um so i can actually speak to this so i did crossfit for a number of years which is like an awesome form of exercise mm -hmm. but i was like super intense with it and i did it like five days a week i just loved sometimes i was doing like two a day workouts and running and but so i was constantly stimulating my nervous system with no counterbalance and like at some point i had to pay the piper you know and right. so i definitely um hit burnout as a result, my body just was like, we're not, we're not moving anymore. And so I took quite a bit of time off from exercise because mm -hmm. like I had obviously life stress. Plus I was adding sh physical stress through exercise mm -hmm. and that was cumulative. There was, I was not discharging that. Mm -hmm. And so my nervous system was like, we're checking out. And so we, there has to be a checks and balances. We can't always be consuming stimuli. Did you get sick from that? um spiritually sick <laughs> um no i i think i did get well, cause sometimes it manifests itself as like so a physical I'm very very fortunate i mean i had taken care of myself like through exercise and diet prior to that but i had no energy i was sleeping a lot um i was sore all the time um so there were just there were a lot of like impacts that were not mm -hmm. life-threatening so um there was definitely an imbalance with like my cortisol and adrenaline um so i think i just had really really high levels of cortisol in my body so i worked with a functional medicine doctor to help like get those things back in line because like you know without the body like you know where are we going What's the point? yeah <laughs> you know like i mean i really that's like and that's another spiritual i, I view most things spiritually and i think like the body's sacred because it is like the vehicle for your expression like who you are in this world and who you're meant to reach and how you're meant to have an impact like you need to house it somewhere right and and if the more optimal that your body is like the the clearer that message can come through right mm -hmm. the more purity can come through when you're taking care of the vehicle i i and that's another thing that's like where you don't realize that like reality is only right here and it's only for you it's projected right yeah it's it's a movie you're in a movie yeah isn't that crazy well i'm not in an actual movie you are who's to say you're gonna be a star you ever see the truman show <laughs> i mean there's 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 thoughts of that so i i so tell me uh a lot of people don't understand the idea of like shadow work or light work can you Ooh, explain, shadow work yes. yeah can you can you explain 
the differences and what those are and what the processes should be. Yeah. Um, and again, just speaking from my own experience and study. So shadow work was termed by Carl Jung, who was a psychotherapist and, um, in the early part of the 20th century. And, um, he, he was a student of Freud, actually, if you're in, if you know any mm-hmm. of those names. Um, and where <laughs> he basically did his own self study, like he went, like pushed the edge of what we would call crazy, right? Exploring his own inner psyche, right? And so um, essentially what the shadow part of ourselves is are anything that's hidden or rep- repressed that was not deemed acceptable by us or the people around us. It could be a part of us that didn't receive love when we were younger. Typically it's um, formed between the ages of zero and seven, but there's continued development through the teen years and then up through the age of 21 where it just either gets reinforced or new things come up. But basically our persona, our outward expression to the world is a mask covering up some of those other aspects that we would think like, you know, are that won't receive love will be rejected for Mm -hmm. those. And which sometimes shows itself as like insecurities or self doubt or or, perfectionism. Yeah. Like um, overcompensating people pleasing um, just these things like, Oh, if I do this, then like this part will like either not run the show, but the, the paradox is the shadows really always running the show Um, because it's the persona exists because of the shadow. And so who we are outwardly is like a compensatory strategy. Like it's who the world told us to be basically. Right. So it's like, all right, I'm Allison. I was born in, you know, I was actually born in Scranton, but I was raised in North Jersey. Represent Allison. <laughs> born in Scranton, which is North Jersey when I was a couple months old. But um, so, you know, raised in a family, you know, this a, a nuclear family dynamic as a, as a, in a female body and raised Roman Catholic. So there's all these things. I'm like, oh, this is how I have to navigate the world. Right. This shaped who I was, this formed how I like the lens I look through the world. But there's this whole other part of Allison that was never expressed. Like, so, for instance, like to be a, a, a good girl, right, you know, to to be successful, like I had to look, act and speak in a certain way. People, please, like say yes to everybody, you know, be kind, be nice, you know. But there there were times in my life where I was mad. Right. But like I couldn't say like I couldn't look mad or look like disgusted with something because like, oh, that might not like fit the mold of who people know Allison to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's so much of what I had to <clears throat> confront over the last few years is because so many of the choices and pivots I made in my life didn't fit the narrative of who people knew Allison was. Right. And so like it also shocked me because I was like, wow, there's this part of me that wants to be expressed and I can't not express it anymore. Like it, it literally, I have to do this. It was like this choice point of like, do I choose everyone else and uphold like that narrative of who Allison is supposed to be? Or do I like take this other path and think and find out who I really am? And, and so and did like- Did you get blowback from that? Did I get blowback? <laughs> <laughs> um i did yes i did too i and you know i so and this is what's what's um but you're not coming from a place of like uh negativity or ignorance or anything like that i understand why i got the blowback you know like people when you make a pivot in your life and you show up differently people are going to be hurt because they have an image of you right and so it, it pushes up against that image they're holding of you that projection their movie right of yeah. of like what their world is um, and how you fit in it right has now been rocked and so now they have to evaluate how their whole narrative has been like wait a second like if allison is not this like she needs to be this for my world to be okay right and there's i had this a uh, metaphor of these crabs in a bucket have you heard this one no 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 mm-hmm. 
So the metaphor is um, you put crabs, you put a crab in a bucket and he will claw his way out. He will fight it. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll get out to his own freedom. You put a, a bunch of crabs in a bucket. The crab starts to crawl out. The other crabs pull him down because they, they think they're doing something good to help him to save him. Like, you got to stay in this bucket. This is this is where we're safe. This is where our world is inside the walls of these bucket. And so the, ultimately all the crabs die, right? Because they, you know, they eluded their, the freedom of the crab. Like this other crab was showing them the way out so like that's what happens when anybody tries to like and i think in australia they call it tall poppy syndrome like when you raise your head up above the narrative you're going to get some blowback and especially like in, in like in my situation like i you know question my i think i questioned some co- social norms you know for people and um like it, it's confronting you know and especially in in this area where it tends to be a little more um like um conservative i guess i mean i don't mean like politically conservative i mean like traditional maybe traditional is a better word so um i've definitely lived a non-traditional life and it's so funny because i would have definitely like considered myself a more traditional person and i tried (laughs) to play the role traditional but if i look traditionally but if i look at my life i'm like wow i really made a lot of decisions that shook shook the boat you know or rock the boat whatever um so so the shadow so that was a long monologue about about shadow work it's like you know it is the the hidden parts of ourselves and they're not bad we're just we're afraid of them because we think we won't be accepted Hmm. and and then what happened but the irony is when you when you do that work and you begin to integrate your shadow meet your shadow discover what's there like really get into the recesses that actually happens right so you there'll be people who don't accept you right but what happens is like that that was because it was an inauthentic part of you so those things that were not authentic will fall away and of course like through that process you have to confront grief and maybe anger and like the other emotions that are just part of being a human which is also hard for us it's like we don't know how to deal with emotions no, none of us <laughs> in this day and age so and e- equally complicated i think for men too dealing with emotions you know because historically it's not been accepted nor taught you know but for me too it's like emotions are only the good ones are good <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and, it, and it's one of those things like the shadow work stuff mm-hmm. is like, you know how you say like, um, like when we had a conversation, you said it earlier, like I, these, these are the things I don't want to see. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't want to revisit these things, yeah. but in the way she's describing it, those are the things that are, that are, that are holding you back from being your, your like a hundred percent you in a way. But I don't think we should I'm not saying you should do it i'm just trying to explain i don't think anybody should be 100 percent them because there's a portion of certain people that's not good okay and you should suppress that well well here's the thing is when you so I'm, it's not necessarily saying you need to act on that right okay. so like if you, there's an ugly part of of you that's like angry or rageful or murderous like whatever mm-hmm. it's not saying act on it's so meet that part right and th- why was that part exiled so yeah of course there's like definitely social constructs we but when you when you the reason why we have violence is because people are um, are not integrated. Right. They are they're split off into all these different parts of of themselves. Right. And that's why we see more collective um like eruption of some of these things. It's like it just tipped the scales like it just got really imbalanced. Like so the. um I, one of one of my favorite speakers was was sharing this the other day and he was saying about like oh you want you want to look at like um you know division uh, lockdown lockdown separation let's give them a pandemic so that we're basically locking ourselves down internally and then of mm-hmm. course we had this like global lockdown because so much of us 
uh, of us are as an individual level are locking down. Right. And so um, it, it, there's this part again about the, like, and again, and this is not about like, um, like having anarchy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when we, when we heal on a micro level, it impacts the macros. We're trying to solve the problems on a macro level. Each one of us needs to take responsibility for who we are on the inside, mm-hmm. right? And without being judgmental, without that, not good, bad, it's just like, oh, this is what's here, right? So if I have like a rageful part of me, not saying like, that's a bad part, I need to like put it away. How can I express it in a healthy way, right? So I can convey my anger to you without like beating you guys up. You know what I mean? I right, can convey, right. convey my rage. So there's a sacred part of us that's wanting to be expressed. And I think the systems lock us into this like homogenized state, like, oh, you all need to behave this way. Like we like to think there's an acceptance of differentiation, but there's really not. Like there's still like, again, to the crab pot thing, like you have, systems want people homogenized school systems mm-hmm. governments like it just makes their life a lot easier right so when we the threat is like your individual liberation right so like your the rebellion is like you liberating yourself from these parts that you've never allowed and you don't even need to share them with anyone you can just visit them on your own you may find that at that point you want to share them with someone but like at least starting in the intimate like echoes of your own heart and visiting those parts that never got the attention and love, and we that just kept got put, kept getting pushed away for whatever reason, you know. I, and I've looked at it as, you're, what are you smirking about? You- I'm just, I'm, I like listening to people with a different worldview because right. it helps me grow. Like when I when I, I've said this before, like I love being wrong because when I'm wrong, it gives me a chance to fix something and grow and move on and be a better person. Yeah. And it's just really interesting to listen to somebody with uh, like a different worldview, uh, like in listening. I mean, you and I talk about this sort of stuff, too, not yeah. as in depth as we're talking about it right now, because I do have a different worldview. But it's like, oh, OK, yeah, maybe I should be a little bit more sensitive to X, Y and Z, because, I mean, I come at it from the approach of. Well, I mean, I, I go back to when you guys said you like you think everyone essentially is born good. I kind of go to the. Oh no, no I, I didn't say born good. I just I, you said born good, right? I just think I, I clean think, slate. I think it's clean slate. It yeah, has the, it has the potential to be damaged. Can go either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like to think like the old Native American way of saying it was, you know, everybody's born with two wolves inside of them, one mm-hmm. good, one evil. It depends on which one you feed. So that's kind of it's, it's kind of like the same thing. That's kind of how I look at it, and it's like you know. They were on peyote. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I just kind of, like, they I look were. at things slightly differently, but I'm like, oh, on a personal level, maybe I should. But, like, I, the, the way that I look at the world for me is if I'm doing a good job, if I'm the best version of myself, I'm focused on everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, like, and maybe that's just me personally. Like, I don't really care about me. Like, other than yeah. eating all my meats and eggs. <laughs> but, Take like, care of the vessel. Yeah, no, like other than working out, like my whole life is the people around me. I love that. And I also want to add about, I just want to say this about shadow work. Shadow work can be good things exiled too. So like for men who were never necessarily allowed to explore their emotional side or their, you know, the the softer side of who they are. Stop crying. What are you, gay? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Those, those, those are those, all of it's beautiful, right? And all of it make up who you are. But if you've never been allowed to explore, like express your sensitive side, that's Mm going to be shoved in the shadows, right? Um, I think we're seeing, you know, growth in that area in a, in a big way recently, which is really great. There's a lot more men's work happening, which is amazing. 
And that's all since like COVID. Like all yeah, this Yeah, I mean, happening. it started before, but obviously it, it really blew up yeah, because it, people had the time. It took like 95 octane to- <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, fine, we need to wake up. Yeah. But so just to, to that to that point, shadow is not bad or good. It just, it just is what's It's hidden. just like the regress. Yeah, it's like what's tucked away. Yeah, it's those hidden parts. because it's like you're, you said it like it's stuff that typically happens between like birth or one and seven years old. Zero and seven. And then it mm-hmm. kind of gets regressed in the psyche. Yeah. 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 So why, the th- why so the, is that? Like well, the thought process is, is that the 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 a young individual uh, between zero and seven is basically what forms who they will be mm-hmm. as mm. when they grow up as an adult. So, so basically you're, you're a blank slate till you're around seven. Yeah. And then everything after that is, is behaviors off of the, that original seven year programming. You can change that programming. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Because, because so programming wise, you got to look at it as like, we're all computers. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And yes. we, we were fed, we were fed data sheets on how to behave, what to do. Like yes. Westworld. Uh, in in a way, yes, but cult, but culturally familial, yes. those are the things yeah, yeah. that influence yes. uh, education. Yes, uh, what you religion, see on TV, yeah. mm-hmm. religion, all those things are are these things that are programming us for who we are going to be down the road. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people, you know, I was listening. One of the one of the most profound things that I did before I took the psychedelics was I I was like this. I have never done this in my life. I've been terrified of it. My excuse was the world is strange enough. Mm. Like reality is strange enough. I don't need to be stranger because I thought it was all about like you take psychedelics and you see dragons. Right. You know, or yeah. like, you know, wild bill. Yeah. You know, I and I didn't <laughs> like just a trip. Yeah. It's just like you just like, get high oh, and you I, have a trip. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. I had a great conversation yeah. with Homer Simpson. We had some donuts. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I thought that that was. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to a woman who was getting interviewed from the National Health Service, which is the uh, uh, the you, you're aware of this. Because it's the of British England. health system. Yeah. Um, and she said that, you know, she was a therapist. She was a psychologist. She goes, I'm not being helpful. Right. In my current thing. So she went, I, I forget, I, Oxford maybe? She went to Oxford or one of those colleges that are doing research on psychedelics. And she's like, the, 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 the results that we're having are, we had no idea. Like yeah. It's like 80, 85%, 90% success with mental health. Um, Jesus. And, and, but what she said that really struck me yeah. was that it all comes from trauma. So a lot of the the program that you have from trauma, it's like if you considered birth is a trauma. Absolutely, yes. Uh, the when your mother goes to the grocery store for the first yes. time, you think she's these abandoning micro, these you. Micro these micro traumas, little yeah. things, yeah. That even though you don't remember them, have been part of your programming. Isn't that crazy? Well, well, here, yeah. <laughs> what I know. It sounds your mother nuts. going to the grocery yes. store. Yes. Well, so here's what here's this goes back to our earlier conversation about you were mentioning about being connected to something yeah. higher, like oneness, more universal thing, and you were raised Baptist. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus, you know. I don't think I had a lot of trauma. Just Un- bear with it. Unlock it. Yeah. <laughs> bear with it. So, so there's this. You know, we come in as humans and we have our human experience. But what what are we beyond that? What were we before that? What will we be after that? Right. So this incarnation okay. is is what it is, right? And it's the experience we have, we accumulate and we navigate the world. So we come in, you know, from wherever we come in from the ethers, right? Somehow life happens, and I mean, and um, and then like we have these experiences, but like we are so dependent on the adults around us. So we come in thinking not thinking but like oh we're gonna have this experience we're connected to the one to the all you know and then we come in and we're separated right and we are separated from our mother trauma and then we are separated from 
and we everything we need we rely on other people rather than like our innate like intuition like we know who we are when we come but then everything in this material world disproves that like oh now i'm dependent on this person to eat now i'm dependent on this person to get change now my sibling hit me like what <laughs> you know all right. of the, and then now my mom's going to work for eight hours a day and i don't see her right the person i came from so there's this like i think the splitting off that happens that like help um, has us forget that part of us that spiritual part of us that part that was before and will be after right so then we start to take on this identity and create these personas of this like lifetime but that other part still exists and so like that's the conversations that i'm interested in is like the intersection of like my humanity is allison in this lifetime and who i am and who i'm going to be and how i'm going to serve and then the greater picture of what it means to be part of this ecosystem here right like because we're all navigating this planet together at the same time right and so like how can i be a part of that like be both the droplet in the ocean and be a part of the wave you know and it's and, and what people don't realize is it's it's what's there eight billion people on this planet mm -hmm. each one is its own individual experience there is no two people experiencing the world the same way i don't care if they're quadruplets twins they right, don't right. experience the same way absolutely it's, it's not all, yeah it's all a new ip address everyone has their own ip address yeah um, and, and we're constantly taking information like beyond the, the mind, which we overdevelop, which is why we're in the place we are with this crisis that we're having kind of collectively. But like we're, you know, sensorily, we're taking in things like touch, smell, taste, sounds like all of that is coming into our nervous system and making imprints. So like you mentioned, twins or triplets, like one person who's five feet across is going to from someone is going to have a different experience, like visually, like it just sounds like it's all different. And so that's what shapes us. And we're all formed differently, you know, which is. It's beautiful that we have to start appreciating that and like understand that what you bring me and like in this exchange is different than what I'm bringing you, but also, but no less profound, you know? I agree that, you know, however you get through life, because as it's difficult, however you get through it, you get through it as long as it's healthy and you're not hurting anybody. I, I, it's very, it's strange to me how people have like their habits and the things that they do, like, you know, like you were saying before about meditation, whether it's like, you know, going for a, a walk, you know, some people it's sitting in the garden and, and doing that. Why? But some people it is meditation. It is like mm -hmm. shut your brain down in out, yep. you know, why are, why is, is, does it seem like there's a lot of people who look at it as it's, it's goofy or that doesn't work. And they're just kind of reticent to even attempt it, which it costs no money. <laughs> Uh, there's really no wrong way to do it. Yeah. Why is there a hesitation to make it seem like it's this, this goofy? My answer would be that we're afraid of what we don't know. And so if it's unfamiliar, we just reject it. The mind will reject it. So the mind is saying, I don't have, don't understand this. So it's out of my operating system. I can't do anything with this or it doesn't fit the narrative of, of what, like what, what life is supposed to be. And so, um, humans like the mind, I don't say humans, but the human mind likes certainty, predictability and control. And so if you introduce something like meditation, which could potentially turn that upside down, the mind is going to say, no, no, alarm, alarm. Now, is that your ego? Is what? Is the mind the ego? Yeah. Is that is that thing, sing, the thing that's like, I'm uncomfortable, don't do this? Is that ego? Yeah. I mean, you call it ego. Yeah. I would say ego, mind, like it just the self-preservation, like, like the ego's job is to keep us alive. 
right? It, it, and it ego needs a job, right? And because um, it that thing might threaten its existence, like meditation may threaten a portion of the ego's existence, it's going to say, nope, not welcome here. And so um, creating like healthy challenge to the ego uh, can can help expand that or, you know, making the nervous system feel comfortable um, to, to try things in different ways. But like, ultimately, that ego is really strong, which is why a lot of people, why change is hard for people, right? So you can spend years in in therapy or in coaching and not do the things that actually move the needle forward. And so, um, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 12 years of therapy. I've mm-hmm. done nothing. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. I mean, how many people have been in therapy for really, really long? I mean, you, the, to the point earlier, you're saying that woman said, I'm not helping people. It's because oftentimes if the mind is so strong and you can't get through that wall, you'll just, um, you know, it'll just play. It's a trickster. The mind is a trickster. It'll like, you know, it'll just keep hoodwinking us um, to, to, to keep its own survival. So sometimes radical things like, psychedelic therapy is necessary or meditation or holotropic breath work or you know sometimes life just comes in and initiates us through you know different shocking experiences and then we're forced to consider new things you know are you are you seeing more uh people individuals starting to be curious about stuff like this on my fractal, yes. <laughs> um, on your fractal? <laughs> in my movie, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so I think- and what, are they, and what are they saying to you? I just, I think, you know, there's this, there's the mainstream, which is like a little more palatable and people can say, oh yeah, I relate to that. Or yeah, I had an experience like that. But in terms of the deeper, deeper esoteric stuff, you know, I think that'll come in time. You know, some of the, the nature stuff, uh, discovery of like, you know, grander, I don't want to say grander concepts, but more universal concepts will come. But, um, you know, just people feeling like this is it, you know, like there's gotta be more to this. Is that, is that that what you're hearing? And it starts in their own life. Right. Um, and, and sometimes that's like the, the little breadcrumb, (laughs) you know, so are they trying it? Trying what? Like in other words, like, are they trying, you know, like yesterday, this was all crazy shit. And then now they're like, Allison, or can you point me in the direction of, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I think um, in my my personal experience, I'm having a lot of conversations with people who are doing the 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 inner work, right? So we we we're leaving a time where there was like this guru mentality, right? Like this person is going, you know, is like some sort of like expert that's like going to lead the way in this. Usually it's an Indian guy with a white (laughs) outfit and traditionally, but you know, Tony long beard, like Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins people, you know, he Mm -hmm. had a really great impact on a lot of people, but like, you know, I think ultimately it's going to come down to us, um, all of us taking individual responsibility for who we are and who we haven't been, who we've been and who we haven't been and holding ourselves accountable to that to that standard um and and acknowledging where we've fallen short and and so there's like an element of humility that comes in and uh, you know especially in western culture <laughs> we have a lot of pride right you know there's yeah. a lot of pride that runs deep within us you know it's, you know think about american pride but then also like individual pride and that's that part of us that doesn't want to look bad right or look messy or like be less than you know 
something. And so all of that, I think, is going to be shifting in the next couple of years significantly. And people will um, begin to do that work of self-responsibility, but not in a way, uh, you know, their standards will, will increase for themselves, but from a place of compassion and not a measuring stick. And that's the difference is that some of the old, you know, I was trained in traditional personal development and was in that, I've been in that world for a long time. And, you know, for me, the experience was like, there was this measuring stick. It was like, you know, bigger goals, bigger, more, 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 more. And now I think the things are shifting and it's more like, how can I live a quality life? You know, the people around me are what's important, like, like mm -hmm. farming, like my life right in front of me and nurturing and nourishing and growing those connections. You know, that's what's important to me rather than these material goals that so, so much of the world was seeking, at least in my experience in the world I was in, so much of the world was seeking like these just more and more consumptive things and just materialism. And like, we're all realizing that that doesn't really matter, you know, because in a minute, like a pandemic can come in and like take what's most important, you know, important to you away. Is this like, and I don't know what to call it, not a movement, but like it definitely like. A an, awake, an awakening yeah like There's conversations like this so you know people starting to have more of these experiences kind of going down this path is that like a uniquely american thing or is this happening all around the world that's a great question so i mean i have contacts all around the world and it's i was less rare like south america africa certain parts of asia do, they do, still do stuff like this well do you know what i the people that are like awakening or coming to like some sort of like oh like discovery broadening um tend to be westernized cultures right who, mm -hmm. who have not maintained a connection to like any type of ancient wisdom or anything like that but also people who who are um non-marginalized are tending to wake up a little bit in my opinion i don't know if you've seen that so like what do you mean non-marginalized so like uh white affluent um people oh, they're starting to awaken <laughs> that's at least in my experience like and those are, are they gonna give me their money <laughs> <laughs> i don't say you know just people who have had privilege are starting to wake up i think is is really what i'm i'm noticing um but there's still like a, lo a lot of work that we need to do i mean I, again i'm still i'm like a white-bodied person who has the lens that she has and i but i i cannot speak to the experience of another person who has been you know, in a system, I mean, I can speak about what it means to be a woman within a system that has not necessarily honored that, but, um, there are a lot more people who, um, have, uh, experienced limitation as a result of, you know, Western culture. Do you, do you think as people looking for like, I'm not happy and there's gotta be something I, I I've always felt like there's something more there than what is there. Like, Oh, I have, I have the, I have the two and a half kids, the white picket fence, the house, and I'm still not happy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. I, th I think it really just depends on the individual. Like, I think there's a lot of that because especially of social media, you know, portraying this image of like what, what, you know, this beautiful life image. Right. And, um, like I think people are doing that and curating their lives to fit that bill and getting there and being like, mm. like, okay, I, I don't feel any different. Right. I remember like I was at an event and like I was acknowledged for something and it was like a big like, oh crap moment for me because I was like, oh, I thought this would be it. I thought this would be the thing where I was like, yeah, yeah, and um, it wasn't. And I was like, oh, OK, that's weird. Like I kind of felt like, ooh, and then that kind of started. I, I mentioned at the start of our, our conversation about the 2017, like the questioning, like what is what what am I doing then if this this wasn't it? Like, where is the finish line here? If I keep chasing these things that I think out, you know, on the outside are going to fulfill me, but they they clearly aren't. Like, what am I really looking for? 
And that was the question that I came to. And, um, you know, I can't speak for everybody. And if that was sometimes there's just an angst and like people can't name it, but there's just something like a thing. And then, and to me, that's the invitation. Um, like, and it, we never know when it's going to come. It's going to come when like, you know, there's a, a life event or like just in the quiet moments on a walk, like, gosh, like what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, start, starts the journey and we can run from it. This is are you familiar with the Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. I have to be. Okay, yeah, you have to be. It's like every it's, it's every a film. movie. Yeah, it's, well, a, it's a film well, it's on, trope or whatever. For sure. But every... Um, story. Every story ever written by man was is based on the hero's journey. So like the Lion King mm-hmm. is like, you know, with this boy who's born to be king and then he leaves. Well, it's, the, it's the original story. I yeah. mean, it's like like the tale as old as time. Exactly. Beauty and the Beast reference. Exactly. <laughs> I love well, our I Disney references I, th- I think the tale's older than Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think most people. I don't know if they're afraid or they're not confident enough to realize that they can be the hero in their own story. We all are the own hero, and there is nobody coming to save us. It, you, it is literally up to us to start the journey inward and discover whatever it is we need to discover. And it's different, like for a man and for a woman. Like there's a heroine's journey that's completely different from a hero's journey. But so many of us she are just cooks a lot. <laughs> I'm just thinking a joke. Don't get mad at me. Um, Yes, no, but there it is. It's interesting because, like you know, for as a as a woman, like you know, seeking this outward success and approval in a society that's traditionally patriarchal, like um, success and you know whatever, and then like it not being the thing, right? Um, So it it, it initiates another journey. So the hero's journey is like confronting your fears and like coming back with like the 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 successful thing to to like to help the others and like that like tell your story over and over and that's a really important part of being human right to help to help the person behind you like move along right um but a heroine's journey like we have to confront different structures and things like that but see i always thought see the way that i've learned it recently is that everyone has a masculine and a feminine it's true and there's a balance there there is and every time what does that mean balance (laughs) no masculine and feminine. feminine what do you mean well, it's okay. So, are you saying like a spectrum? No, no, oh, no, no, no. So, no. Do you want to explain this? I gotta pee real quick. Yeah. So, <laughs> I will. I'll do my best. Um, okay. And and just from experience, so um, this is outside of gender. So, okay. what Mark was pointing to is that we all carry energy inside of us, right? Okay. And, and so, like masculine energy tends to be more um, protecting and leading and holding the structure of things, mm-hmm. right? And this is how we're going to do it um, and initiating things. Mm-hmm. And the feminine is more fluid, right? And she's more nurturing mm-hmm. and guiding, um, guiding the energy. And, um, you know, kind of, it's, they have been feminine energy and feminine qualities have been deemed like soft skills. Like those are more the intuitive things, mm-hmm. the empathetic thing, mm-hmm. uh, part of us, right? So again, men and women have these on a spectrum, but like they've been polarized, right? So it's like, oh, you're a woman, you need to, you know, you could, it's okay for you to have these qualities. Um, you're a man, it's okay for you to have these qualities. We all have both. Um, Just in different doses. Different doses. Okay. And like getting to know, you know, the, the, both parts of ourselves and i think so to to my point earlier about the heroine's journey like um that outward journey of success and achievement and 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 and, like initiating like i did all of that through like business and so a lot of women have had that experience of like 
you know, being in, being in, being more feminine, but also then being able to channel their masculine energy to create success, right? To play in a society that's more patriarchal, right? So like, okay, I want success and I'm going to play into my masculine. But now what's happening is, um, we're, we're coming more balanced, right? And people are recognizing the value of these, this, these feminine qualities. And I think we'll start to see a, a shift more and more, um, where, like nurturing and compassion. And we see this in the, I don't know if you guys have seen this in the workplace, but like. I work with 30 women. Okay. Okay. But where like. <laughs> out of balance. But just, I would <laughs> say way like. Out of balance. Where if you look at corporations, right. Yeah. They're like, they're giving more um, like unlimited time off. Like they're just like, there's more compassion for the human. You're not a robot anymore. Right. So like we're masculine, imbalanced masculine energy out in the world um, can be more robotic, right? You can be single focus and like, go, go, go always for the, and then we are, we, we, there's no time for rest and there's no time for nurturing. There's no time for, and so, um, there's, it creates like hustle culture or, you know, hustle culture. Yeah. Hustle culture, tongue tied. Um, and so it has an impact on us because we hold both energies. And so if we're denying parts of who we are or suppressing them or not channeling them somewhere, um, we, we get sick as a society, right? You might not necessarily be aware of it in your individual life, but you know, society gets sick. Right. And, um, you know, I think, I think we've definitely seen that. I think, um, more of that's coming to light and like we're on beginning to honor more of those feminine qualities uh you know in different ways when you see patriarchy what does that mean i've heard so many different definitions of that yeah so basically basically patricide pat the, the root is like father so right and then there's like matriarchy which is more like female run female led so patriarchy is it values the qualities uh the male or masculine qualities more than the feminine qualities and there's nothing bad or wrong about a patriarchy or any type of system in general it's just is there a matriarchy society yeah so thousands before we had a patriarchal society we had a matriarchal society where if you think about like you know back in greek times and things like that or even in um, native american times where they valued mother earth right or goddess energy like and those were the things that they worshiped and honored that's a more matriarchal energy right and um, patriarchy is more outward systems structures um you know you think about what happened in the industrial revolution where it's like build 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 and um those things were celebrated right um so it's where we put our focus, right? And where we put what what we view as um, valuable. And I think um, it's going to take a long time and like the patriarchy is not going to fall. <laughs> but what, so what, so, so do you want the patriarchy to fall? Just yeah. do people want the patriarchy to fall? I can't speak for people. Um, what I can say, all I can say for me is like, I recognize where I both was complicit and where I was impacted by patriarchal structure. So, um, where, um, I was like playing the game of the patriarchy, right. Of, of like, you know, what it meant to be successful, right. And what it meant to like fit in and like, you know, be one of the guys, right. So to speak. Right. And, um, versus like the parts that, um, I just lost my train of thought where I was going. Patriarchy, matriarchy. Yeah. But so where you, I was, oh, I was complicit. Part, yeah. yeah, where yeah. I was complicit and where I was impacted. But then I was also impacted in, you know, look at women collectively. We make less than men like on the dollar, you know, like we. I have a question about that. Business is about making money, right? Yeah. If women can do the same job 
just as well as a man. Why aren't they all hired as women so they can treat so they can pay them cheaper? I don't I don't know. Doesn't, like, that, I mean, doesn't that like take well, a shit in the idea of like what well, that is? Well, not necessarily because I think are we all are are we all and here's the thing is like there's um, unconscious bias, right? So you, you, you're an interviewer and you've not done any, any inner work and you are like indoctrinated in the patriarchy, right? Me? And you, not you. Oh. I'm saying like, uh, like, you're hypothetical. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Okay. Hypothetical. <clears throat> and you, you across from you I'm is sitting you less. Be quiet. like, and this is why like equal opportunity employment came up years ago. Right. And so it was like, you, you're not just going to hire the good old boy, you know, from wherever I want to hire whoever's qualified to do it. Well, you do, but that's a change from where we were um, with people who were living with unconscious bias. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, there's there's a collective unconscious bias, and um, yeah. So, so where, where are we going with this? I was talking about implicit <laughs> and impacted I, I oh, by just, the patriarchy. How, it, how it affected you? Yeah. Like, oh, so about how women you being paid and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I just interrupted you because I like to. Oh, throw yeah. wrenches. We'll get back there. We'll get yeah. Back there. Um, yeah. So just. Like, so that necessarily didn't impact me like personally. I'm, I'm not actually not aware if it impacted me personally, but like we just, we can look at that collectively where women aren't equally valued um, as men. Right. Um, unless they are like cutthroat and they had to become sharks and they had to be. Do like, you really think that that's because I don't I, in my life. So my, my mom. Right. And I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to. I'm just saying in my yeah, experience, your experience yeah. right? I, I've, I don't see that. I see, I see, I see women as any man that I know that would be considered like, Hey man, he's like a patriarch behind him is a wife who basically tells him everything to do. And he, he wants to make sure that she's happy. You know, my, I grew my mother was from West side. She was, she would fight people. <laughs> literally still probably oh, yeah. would literally like fight people she's strong my my sister is the only girl that i knew that would that left abington alone to go down and fight all of west side mm -hmm. and my wife is from russia you know and they and they when you talk to them about stuff like this like they don't see it that way so my so so I'm just there, we're not victims. So I just to be clear, like I don't feel like yeah, a I don't, victim. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It, I don't and, feel and, like and a it, victim to the to the system. I but think, I'm just, I think there I, are, I, when I hear it, I think I I I kind of get like my hair goes up a little bit. Because yeah, I'm like, you also have to know that your unconscious bias exists because you are like a white man, right? Who probably has some unconscious bias, right? Just like I still have because unconscious I'm white? bias because you're a white man. Yeah, why? Because you exist in a system that supports you like your type so to speak white men yes really are you serious Dead yeah serious. okay yeah you guys are just learning about this i'm sorry no no, no. i, I have rejected it because i don't see it okay yeah. yeah so um there's some really great books um i i can't think of the names right now but i'm happy to provide them for you yeah, and, but, I'm not, and i'm not trying so, to shit on so this no not at all so. and, yeah. I, and, and, and again i hope this doesn't come across as judgmental like no. i'm not saying this is not no, i mean this is borderline sexist <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I so somewhat okay. I love you. Yeah. Go. When you make an assessment about somebody based on the color of their skin, that's racism. I oh so okay. So this is a topic that'll be beyond my scope, right? Because I understand that I, I I'm a white woman, right? right? So similarly, I do not. And if somebody know, judged you based on the fact that you're a white woman, I'd be like, you're a racist, sexist. I wouldn't. I would say, um, I would understand that they have had an experience of a white-bodied person that was uh -huh. something, right? So for them in their movie, like that is the image that they hold, right? So, um, but isn't but isn't that a wrong? 
uh, and I don't want to get into like all. This I know shit it's just like a, anyways, we're going but somewhere. just but these are but these are good conversations to have. Like sometimes, as long as there's no like, as long as we're all cool. Yeah. All I again to go back to my earlier statement is like all I know is I know nothing, right? And so for me to sit humbly with someone and listen to their experience and their story, like at least be open to hearing them, like sure, and not reject their experience. So I wouldn't call like somebody or I mean, if that's what, if that's what you experienced right then so this, that's different because i think i think i think when i hear somebody say something like that i, I, think, I wasn't saying you when i say you no, no, i just no, want to no, clarify no, no, no. i mean like more broadly yeah, i think like, i think you're painting i think you're painting with a roller and it, it doesn't represent everything it's just in your experience like in in your in your movie <laughs> yeah exactly right but and, and and that's how i'm coming to understand um systems and and so go back to our earlier conversation about programs right and so if we don't know we've been given a program right um from everyone around us so it's like the truman show right so like he didn't know he was in this little world right until like he started to explore outside of it yeah I saw a stage light fall in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) Am I in my own movie? But like there, um, so we have to talk about colonialism, which is, you know, very much an American institution and system. Colonialism? Yeah. So that's like we came over from, you know, none of us were our native here. right? Okay. So so, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just so you know where I'm coming not, not from. A, I, actually, I have no native. I can't say that you don't, but I have I no native blood. Yeah, I thought I did. I have as much as Elizabeth Warren. I thought I was uh, part Cherokee because at my grandfather's funeral, like his uncle, cousin, somebody, full Cherokee funeral dress. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, cool. So I have a beautiful Native American tattoo on my back. So I'm like, I'm part Cherokee. It's cool. I want to embrace that part of myself. And then uh, a few days later, a few years later, the Ancestry DNA test came out and I did one. And it came back. I'm like, Dad, uh, I'm zero percent Cherokee. He goes, Oh, that's right. I forgot to tell you, I'm adopted. I like, what in the world? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Um, so when you when you talk about like colonialism and stuff like that, like so so when I went on my experience mm-hmm. and my journey, right? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to go like I've always I've always had a problem with like my faith, my Christianity. I have I had a problem with like. There's rules. You have to treat people certain yes. way. I had, and I didn't agree with that. Yes. So I was. So I started to do like a dive into like culture and what was before that, and what was ten thousand years before that, and what was. So when we talk about these things like colonialism and you know who who had the land first and and all those things, for since the dawn of time, different cultures, different people have been doing it to yep. everyone, and I don't think it's a unique yep. thing for america i mean i mean europe did it or england did it portugal did it spain did it india yeah. did it china did it so Japan again there's no it. blame i'm not there's no blame here so what i'm pointing to is again systems that exist and so there's no right or wrong is there a way out of these systems um there there is a way out of the system well, yes what, what is it an island exist? in What's that? Is it an island no. in like the middle of the Pacific no. where we so, get away so from like, it? There's like a, I think it's in the Bible. It's like to be um, in the world, but not of it. I believe Jesus said that. I, um, and I'm at, we're looking yes. at you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so. Or you. Um, Actual quote. <laughs> no. um, and so like, yeah. So anytime man creates structure, right? There's going to be distortions. There's going to be people that fall outside of that like little container. Right. And so that's, um, a narrower uh, 
view, right? And yeah. so just like you're saying, you, you struggled with religion, right? So you felt constrained in some way by religion. I didn't. Uh, I, I felt. I felt upset that it. It. I. There was. There were holes I could poke in it. Yeah. And and I would right. get yelled at for trying to poke the yeah. holes. Yeah. So so this is a, a system trying to program you and sure. tell you you're wrong, get in line, all those things, and not allowing you to actually explore explore what was true for you, right? And so down the line, eventually some of that gets diluted and we just forget to question our reality. Again, sure. you were born into a certain time period of like culture, et cetera. And if we're not questioning that, are we really growing and evolving? Like how can we really find the truth if we're not asking questions, right? So asking questions about Western culture, like colonialism colonialism and patriarchy and like, all right, let's look at the whole picture. Like what does it exist? Because like you guys are like, oh, does it even exist? Does it exist? What are the impacts? Who's saying what about it? Like, and that's having an objective view so you can kind of zoom out and be like, oh, wow, okay. So this this applies for me or doesn't apply apply to me. Like, but you have started the conversation is with saying like, I am so sensitive to my fellow man, right? And I'm really yeah. like, I'm heartbroken by suffering. There are systems that create suffering and some of these exist on a very, very deep level. They're not bad because they've created amazing things for us, right? They've created a lot of success and progress in the world, but we have to also acknowledge with that came some sacrifice, right? So again, there's this is not about judgment, good, bad. There's nothing wrong here. It's just like, what is the bigger picture? And do we want to move forward with this or do we want to create something new? Does Eastern culture have this? These, these I don't things? know. Do they? <laughs> well, I, 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 no, no, no. I, like, but but I, well, hear, I hear a lot of criticism. Not, 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 this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Is that, you know, obviously I've had like this shift in my life and I hear a lot of criticism of like Western culture. And then I look at the other cultures, like the Eastern cultures, there's, there's very few where I'm like, I think they get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're in a good place, but the rest of them, are just as terrible as as Western culture. Well, again, it's man, right? So, so like things, human or man, like human. Sorry, okay. yeah. So, okay. yeah, human. We Thank get you real for defensive that over here, yes. us, us men. No, it, I should be I'm, speaking I'm clearly. Chill, <laughs> because <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I look at us as like a, like like humanity, right? Like, so we're all yeah. literally we're here together, and so like learning learning how to dance with one another is like imper- very imperative. Well, that's a good way of saying that. Yeah, 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 and so. So like I don't have a thing for like like a rage against any particular person systems right no so, I don't think uh, you yeah, do I just yeah. want to understand yeah, yeah. your your concept of it so in terms of like other cultures I don't know I mean I think they they face similar struggles with systems that just may show be showing up differently you know like how it's impacted them maybe just a different variety of of power struggle or like feeling constrained by a certain way to be living right um, can, can you give me an evolved. example of one of those systems. Um, a, a, like a, a like a an American system that's like bad. shitty. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think we can look at um, religion in general and how people are kind of rebelling against that. You know, there's been mass exodus from the, certainly the Catholic Church. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things that there's have like come control to light. Issues that people don't like there. Right, yeah. right. But the but the actual teachings, like the ancient teachings of Christ and some you know some of the Abrahamic religions, are I think they're great. Really beautiful, really mm-hmm. really beautiful message. But when man starts to put rules around it, and you mm-hmm. need to do it this way in his interpretation, the whole point of those is like for you to be on an individual journey with that. But stuff, that's with, a voluntary system. Which, which what do you mean oh religion. so you're, so you're oh, talking about okay so not necessarily for a lot of people like they're born if, into it they think well, that that's it so capitalism is not voluntary in the united states for the most part you it know is. well we're all impacted by it and we're all it's it's the system that operates business but it's volu- in this world but it is voluntary well, you well, can, i mean your other options are <laughs> yeah no money 
I, right. You, you could live off the grid, I guess. You could be a homesteader. There are people right? that yeah, do that. And yeah. more, more and more people are doing that. So, but there, I think there, I think, and again, capitalism, capitalism is not bad, but it's a, it's the system we have. It's the system we're in right now, right? And yeah. so- um, uh, I don't think we are. You don't, you don't think, think we're in capitalism? capitalism? No. I what think do you think we're in? we're in? Not purely capitalism, no. Oh, okay. No. Some sort of transference of it. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you think? Uh, look, at, look, at, look at what America has been over the past two years. Shut down your businesses. We'll write you a check. We are not in capitalism. So, 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 yeah, some weird stuff's happening, right? So, original, yeah. like, the, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, yeah, and it's, and like, what is happening, right? So, big, big conglomerates, big, yeah. there's more and more power. So, going back to our, the start of this conversation, power, yes. where is power? What are they doing? How are right. they seeing that they can get more of it, right? It's like, oh, if we let the people like go to sleep or take it easy, like, right. we can scoop that up, right? Uh -huh. And so, billionaires became richer over the last two years, and the smaller businesses. Do you think it was a coincidence, or do you think that was? all intentional i i you know what we can talk about i this. think it was all intentional i think i 100 percent do yeah i think there was a plan gotcha yeah mm -hmm. i mean i i don't know i hope one day we know the answers to this i, I don't, don't here's here's okay <laughs> so if there's I, not a plan yeah if, if the, the this old isn't saying, intentional this is the dumbest time in human history <laughs> there is a saying there is a saying that says don't let a good crisis go to waste right yep so if it's not intentional right. i always believe that like when you talk about corporations or governments or whatever i think they know that like you know oh if the ball falls this way we do this yeah. if the ball falls that way we are we already have a plan yes. and you know even if it, there you, i don't think anybody can possibly deny over the last two years that something squirrely has been going on and you it, might not know what right, it is right right and 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 just how like the responses like have like raised a lot of questions for people. But mm -hmm. and like I again, I'm not a finance person either. But I you know get the idea that that is kind of your your jam just based on the the banter you guys have shared. No, I just understand it a little bit more than Mark. Yeah, and you, and you, I mean being a small <laughs> business owner, yeah. being a, and that's the thing is like this company, this country in particular was founded on the small business owner, right? Mm -hmm. Like the American dream, start your business, like take care of your family, take care of your community, right? In the process, and what happened? Right. Yeah, we don't, we don't need a thousand WalMarts. We could have done it easily with a you know corner two, stores, two thousand mom family-owned businesses. But Walmart started out as a mom and pop down in Arkansas, and then what That's happened? True. Capitalism. He saw an opportunity. Yeah, and he right? just got he got better at it than everybody at, else. Better, faster, right? And then and then other people followed that model, right? Yeah. And and so, but what happens is like who? It's not only impacting small businesses; it's impacting. Yeah. The, the workforce it's impacting you know just everywhere Mental health happiness gap, all those things the change gap is just so wide now right where maybe it was a you know there was a gap that existed before it just like got ex expon exponentially greater right and like can you make it right quote unquote and that's the thing is a cap american dream can you make it and so like again capitalism on paper i think works really well mm -hmm. but people will always find that loophole to benefit themselves, you know, like for the most part. Um, and that's where things start to go a little awry. And so we have to evaluate like, well, what do I support personally? What are my values? Like what, what do I want to see for this world collectively? I mean, I still shop at some of those big businesses. I haven't made that pivot yet. People are doing radical things where they're not, you know, shopping and, and those large places anymore that, that at just, all that, that, yeah but nobody makes that decision on a friday and no and it's by monday yeah. there you know it's, what i mean i mean you could be radical but like i definitely because, because you, it, there aren't there's not there's the gap is so big right so the so that fall from like i'm not i'm rejecting all of it to like okay well now what do i have and getting resources mm -hmm. is too big right now so um 
I think there's something, there's got to be something middle of the road out there for us. I don't know what it is. You know, there's people that are much smarter in the <laughs> not I, topic so, than I am. So but. I, I, I think, I, I, I think, you know, how we were like something squirrely is going on. I think that's an energy thing. I think people can sense that something, something's up. They can't quite put their a hundred percent, put their finger on it. But I think, you know, when we say stuff like, you know, what we yeah. say, I mean, that's, that's what's leading us to think that is so, our experiences is like, man, this seems like, it was either orchestrated or or just through blind stupidity right. or opportunity. Where were we being unconscious, right? right. And that, I mean, and this is again an opportunity for all of us to evaluate, right? And so and there's a great expression, it's like the truth will always come out sideways. So if you're like sleeping your way through life or not paying attention to something, like it it will like it'll hit you in the face, right? And this this one didn't come out quite the sideways, but you know, I think there's an opportunity for us to like look like, oh, gosh, like where, where was I sleeping and, you know, and not like really paying attention to the things that were happening, like, you know, in myself and then I'm, I'm around in the people around me and things like that. So what do I want for the world? You, you look like you're going to say something. No. Were you going to say something? I'm actively listening. Um, so do you, what do you think is going to, what, where is this all going to like in, in what, in, in what you do, right? Are you, what, what is your goals? Uh, not your, not even your goals. I mean, you're you're kind of just going with, you know, what happens happens. And you're just going to keep doing what you do. But like, do you, where do you see this moving forward for the Earth, the human beings? Well, I think we're at a real choice point. To be honest with you, I think like um, uh, there's a call for for a lot of us now to, and I think probably many people have taken pause in the last two years in some aspect, in some area of their lives, like big, whether it's big or small, like, you know, experience that you had or someone saying like, Oh, I'm going to get healthy during COVID, you know? Yeah. But that really they're, they're, they're taking a, you know, an inward look. And I think that's where we're, we're going to keep going. I think as over the next, especially five years, because, you know, there was a macro event that happened in 2020 that caused people to go into lockdown, right? And be with themselves, right? So there's the micro and like, now I got to look at the micro and what will happen again is it will go back out macro. So what we're doing now in these years, what we're seeding now that the, the, the work we're doing internally, the the conversations we're having, you know, the, the things we're seeing differently, the things we're open to discovering will eventually move outward into the world, right? So there's that inner journey and, and this, we can go back to the masculine and feminine, we can tie it all back in, right? So Let's like- do it. <laughs> so like the the feminine piece of like that inward inward that nurturing the self the, the self-discovery piece and then bringing it out to the world to build something new right um we're, we're at that choice point and you know i don't i like to think that um humanity will prevail and like you know the the higher wiser parts of ourselves will you know um will like win you know it's kind of like that star wars story like the dark versus Go the back. light Go, yeah keep, expound upon star wars a little bit please uh, star wars oh my god so good um, did you watch obi-wan yet uh, i haven't okay yeah have you i won't tell you that on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> first no wedding now you're watching obi-wan we're done <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it, and, and this is a great place for people to start is like those movies that really touch and move you, like looking at them as like, um, maps. Homeward Bound. Oh, oh is that know. your movie? I don't know. <laughs> oh, all right. I didn't make me cry when I was a kid. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's a touched a part of you. Right. And, um, 
and and that's the thing is like art art and movies and music will touch parts of us that need to be felt and seen and expressed right and that that's the beauty of them like and you know think you know movie like star wars you know i'm 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 moved by the story right and just like this you know everybody loves a good redemptive story like that's how we come to completion when there's like this complete this redemption of like humanity right? right and you know i still hold that hope for uh for all of us and um but will the power prevail i don't know you know I we might know. have to kill a few wookies along the way <laughs> no wookies are good people oh i don't know what they were <laughs> I'm sorry. New hope. <laughs> i just but this will be is it a new hope <laughs> <laughs> um all right so your website alisonscoff.com right so what do you what if for people to go on there what what what, what, what can they get out of this uh, out of out of the website yeah, like or you, out of this no, conversation? <laughs> no, no. Like you do like me- so? Do you do like meditations? Yeah, coaching and you, you do coaching. is coaching. Yeah, can you is, talk about that yeah, a little bit? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So again, I, I mentioned earlier is like my um, interest is in that intersection of like you know our humanity and like the the messy parts of us, the parts of us we don't necessarily are we're not necessarily comfortably comfortable holding. And like our expanded self or the, you know, the, the higher version of who we can become, like who we're becoming and meeting someone exactly where they are. So people will come to me and they might be on an upward trajectory, right? They might, business might be going great for them and they want to maintain that or they maybe want to deepen an aspect of it. Or, you know, people might come to me and they're struggling and they're in a, a place of suffering. And so coming back to that place of um, like just balance and being able to navigate all of it right and so and holding that even in the in the challenging moments like that even if we're facing them collectively if we're facing them in our personal lives that there is wisdom that's trying to come through and so my job um when i sit with people is just to guide them back to that wisdom that they already have inside of them like the that thing that appeared in their life is for them the gift is for them and so my job is just hold the structure for them to be able to explore that and hear whatever it is they're meant to hear. And um, so it's it's less about linear growth and more about this vertical or spiral growth um, into becoming who, who they were always made to be. And what type of, and what, what types of people, I mean, I hate to even put people in boxes, but yeah. like what, what are some of the, the reasons that people would even reach out to you? Um, it, it really depends. I mean, I, I, so I have a, just personally, I love to study all sorts of things. So I have a very broad toolbox of like coaching things or modalities or, um, schools of thought that I've studied and, um, used in my own. And that's the thing too, is like, I'm also on a journey. Like I am literally no expert. My, my intention is to just really hold the space for someone to, to be in exploration and be in like, curiosity about what's coming up for them and so um people who maybe felt like i did like oh there's something more this is it or like what's going on in my life there could be people who um are like i like did all the things you know and my life is good and why you know why do i feel stuck why do i feel like i'm on a hamster wheel i'm getting up every day and it feels like you know there's that commercial when we were younger, the time to make the donuts. <laughs> it's like, why Do you remember does, those? Do you remember yeah, that? I was like, why does life feel like that? So, because um, we're really meant to feel alive, and it's in that intersection of um, confronting those parts that maybe are weighing us down that we maybe haven't been able to name or bring up, and like 
where where we are headed and so that's where that those edges when we are we are or stepping towards and across and over our own personal edges is when we learn who we are we learn like what what it feels like to be alive and it, so aliveness is not just about the high highs right it really is about like wow i'm meeting myself here in this place that might not always feel so good but i'm but i'm here right and this matters too yeah i are you looking? Are you looking forward to the future? Or, uh, even though time doesn't exist. Yes, I thought so I was like <laughs> future. <laughs> um, where I find myself now is like so much more and more like every day, like living more in the moment, like in in, in the now, because tomorrow is not promised, right? Our next breath isn't promised, like, and so I don't want to get to a point where I was like I missed it, you know, and so. You know, I can look ahead, right, and say like, "Oh, in five years, I want to be here," and be so focused on that five-year plan that you forget about today. That and, I and totally what's right missed now. everything, like the whole point, which is like to you know be with the people you love and like cultivate your life. You know, you can take small steps towards that five-year plan, and finally, it really is, and it's so cliche, but it really is about <laughs> the journey, right? It is about like it. It is the now. There is nothing else but now. So, like, if I want to be that healthy person, and you know five years a long time but like five years like what what am i doing right now in this moment and how can i like love that like oh i'm drinking this water right now because i believe in a healthy allison right or right you know i am i'm building a healthy allison and then one point you're going to get to that point and it's like oh here she is but it was like all those choices to that that i made in the process see, see i look at that as gratitude like i have a little bit of gratitude now more than i used to mm -hmm. where i'm like hey man like how many times have i said to you it's like hey what we're here. Who gives a shit? Like, this mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. And, and it, uh, there's an unburdening that happens when you can come into the present because you're not be, you're not carrying the past with you. You're like you've, you've released it. You've forgiven it. And that's a lot of, you know, a lot of times in coaching, we have to go there and like, what are you holding on to? You know, like yeah, what stories? What, yeah. yeah. And so that's a lot of the coaching I do, unpacking those stories. And or what's a barrier? Yeah. 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 And then um, just coming into the now and getting clear, getting clear on that. And then we can move forward. Um, is there anything we talk about that we didn't talk about? Oh my God, we talked about so much. We went all over. Yeah, this is what it's like. I know. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I hope it's fun. I hope you yeah, were. Yeah, I know. I hope it was valuable. Were you, tim were you timid at first or? No, no, not at all. Because you got rid of your fear? I, I, no, again, it's it's like <laughs> that showing up. Like I was, I don't, were you, I don't know if you were in here when I said this, Mike, I was like, just literally moving to a place of no agenda right so not mm -hmm. trying to control like what i say or how i yeah. look and like what comes out of my mouth and just like being alive with you guys right now in the moment right like it's the the stuff between us that is like you know to me is exciting anyway you know well i'm very grateful that you felt that way around us hey anyway, oh yeah it's fun and you weren't like it's like we, being on the playground again as kids you know we've had podcasts on this show where it's like can you say more than a sentence oh <laughs> After what I just bad. asked you, I've literally heard him say the words like, you know, you're supposed to talk. <laughs> yeah, this only works if we talk yeah, to each other. Yeah. You know that, right? I think, yeah, I think we could have probably like sequels. Do you like, want to come back? Uh, oh, I'm open. Would you like it? I'm or, open. Or, is, or do I have to hold it there? Do I have to like the universe has to say it's okay? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I you say, come back and we'll do another podcast on why the patriarchy is good and toxic masculinity is great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might go viral. <laughs> it would. And, see, and I, we'd see, all get canceled. And see, I, I, I look at the world. I look at the world as a as a matriarchy. I think it's. I, I, I personally think that's okay, man. That's how I look at it. 
she's in, right on in that. In my one. world, in my world, it's it's the strongest people that I know and the people that I I listen to but, and that I trust are women. So so I, I so I know a lot of strong women in my life, and I would consider myself pretty strong. And like from just based on life experience and things like that, but it's not. That's not. That's not what we're talking about here. You're talking about the system. Yes. Yes. So the women who you love and adore, who became strong in a system like that. Maybe they're the outliers. Maybe they're the ones, maybe they're the crabs that got out of the bucket. But, I don't know. But, but what, what, and here we can Ooh, go into another. Way to bring that back around. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how, and also how are we defining strength? So you mentioned like a sister who went down to go fight a bunch of people on West side, like, but there are different types of strength. So like facing, yeah. um, facing grief and holding, like holding those things and saying like, this isn't working for me or I feel oppressed in some way there's a courage and a strength that comes from that as well like versus fitting into a system and becoming strong within that system there's nothing wrong with that because there's a lot of people who weren't able to do that right sure. and so it's just like what's our definition of strength and that's a whole nother conversation we can have in our next <laughs> next time you- there's like a lot of a lot of a lot of um great uh, literature out there about the impacts of the system on women and men too. It impacts men. This is this is not exclusive to women. Men are impacted by the patriarchy too. Toxic mas- masculinity breaks my heart. To be honest with you, it does. Like so, it's a it's a it's an expression. It's a behavior. It's a symptom of something deeper, right? Do you know what I mean? Like yes, it impacts everybody around us. It impacts you guys. It impacts women too. And, um, but it's sad to me. You know what I mean? Like that that that's the outward expression. I still don't know what that is. I actually don't think toxic masculinity is a real thing. Well, it's a label for something. Yeah. What was it for, before that? Oh, you know masculinity. He's actually not wrong. He's actually not wrong. No, they got PR team. They get right. out there and be like, "This is wrong. This is toxic." Well, no, now. masculinity is a good thing. You need masculinity. We used to. Yeah. So, like, there's now a, it's not welcome anymore. Is that what you're saying? I mean, do you really believe that? I do. What's that? I think we need masculinity too. I think we need we, masculine balance now more than ever. We absolutely need a masculine presence, and you absolutely need a feminine presence. They need yep. to coexist together. They need to work as yeah. one. That's right. They I'm need at. to. That's right. They each need to re- like Preach. recognize. Yeah, what's important in both. Yeah, yeah. We need to hold them up. They need to hold us up. Then we need to work together, and that's how we'll solve all the world's problems. Beautifully said. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> now go back done. to being quiet here. in the corner. And we're done here. <laughs> all right. With, but I was just to his okay, point go. is like is is valuing and valuing one another. Like you made a yeah. really good point is honoring the differences and holding yeah. them each as valuable because they are like we we we, we one can't operate without the other healthily. You know what I mean? So, that's what yeah. I agree with. I just totally. don't. I just don't like these new fucking words that are that it, are like it brings. Patriarchy, toxic what would a toxic feminine be? Oh, a needy, controlling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Needy uh, and controlling. That would those would be two I've things. Met men like that, they're exhausting. Well, their feminine could be toxic. You know, again, we but back to the point. We have, we, yeah, ha- yeah. we have both. So, like, I the so, duality of of all of that. Yeah, and so when you can play in polarity or duality, or step outside, step outside of it and observe it, right, and not like be pitted on either side right like make space for all like that's the whole point is like more universalization more wholeness right understanding like where i fit in this but also understanding like nature loves balance right nature Mm -hmm. loves homeostasis and so you know finding you know that continuum and creating balance is you know you can have someone in a a heavy heavy healthy masculine pole and someone Mm -hmm. in a heavy heavy feminine pole and it works so beautifully together you know i I expected this conversation to be good and I'm happy it was better than that. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time and coming in 
And do you guys have any questions or no? I have a lot of questions. A lot of this stuff is very new to me now. I'm curious. Yay, Mike. Let's go for coffee. That's why she's going to come back. Dan? Yeah. What do we 